Welcome to Combat Time, where three friends talk about anything and everything that involves Robin Shoe's hair. And today I am joined. <laughs> and today I'm joined by Yasin. What up? And Josh. What up? What up? And today uh, we have a very uh, fun episode planned. We're going to do a character spotlight today on Liu Kang. Liu Kang, obviously the original main character of Mortal Kombat One, and subsequently through most of the series. And also all the beautiful people that have portrayed him in live action media and voice actors uh, with honorable mentions to voice actors that have also portrayed him in animated series and the overall evolution of the character from Mortal Kombat 1 to today being Mortal Kombat 11. And with that, how you guys doing? You all right? Yeah, hanging in there. It's getting a little warm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just kind of done with work and ready to talk Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. It's church time. Yeah. Church time! Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I think one thing with this episode that I kind of like want to start off with is I've kind of like always thought that Liu Kang was the main character of Mortal Kombat. It was pretty obvious that he was in the beginning, but I know that as the characters kind of evolved and they've gone through later games, it's become less of like a main character focus a series and more like of an ensemble cast type of a video game series. I think the same can be true like with a lot of different fighting games. You always have your quintessential like main-ish character who yeah. has like a rival or a best friend or something and then you have and then it just kind of devolves into this sort of like this group thing but i've always thought kind of Liu kang like particularly got pushed back more into the ensemble category and became less and less of a main character as the series kind of went on with mm-hmm. like little flirtations that hey he's still kind of a big deal <laughs> because he is very much they always kind of kept that there in the in the continuity that he did win the first Mortal Kombat tournament, but and, two and the and, second. Oh, he did. Uh, see, I, I hear less about him winning the second tournament and more about the first. Yeah, he won the second. Terms of lore. And he technically, even though three wasn't a tournament, he, he won. "Quote unquote," he saved the earth. Unless you're going by MK9 timeline. Mm-hmm. But for me, at the very least, like I've always thought of the character as just kind of like a really good rock solid fighter. Because, of course, he has his origins uh, uh, from Bruce Lee. There's usually one in every fighting well, game. Kind of. Well, I have some notes that reveal it's not quite that simple. Yeah. But in a way, I find that good. Because he, to me, has always been kind of like one of the few where he has obvious inspiration from Bruce Lee. But he's very much become his own character i don't think you can say that for other ones that kind of like are cut from his cloth like you know like a forest and martial law from tekken or maxi from soul caliber or fei long from street fighter like all of them still kind of keep their roots um as part of like being like that sort of inspiration from bruce lee but Liu kang i feel like has evolved a lot past that um, yeah and this might be an interesting discussion because martial law and all them fei long as you let us know jay it's probably worth mentioning uh that new development is, is that confirmed or not whether uh bruce lee's estate was wanting to try to uh kind of clamp down on clone portrayals of him in video games? As of this recording, um, it uh, as far as I know, it's still rumor. 
Like okay. again, it's it's been rumored on the internet, but no one. But there's been mixed messages guess, about I'm, it. In case people don't know, there was a rumor uh, a a person that claims to work, uh, I think, with Capcom was doing a live stream, and they mentioned that uh, Street Fighter Five maybe the last time we see Fei Long, and it's because the Bruce Lee estate wants to sort of clamp down on any portrayal or like characters that you know portray bruce lee in a comedic or like goofy way or something like that hmm. specifically if in, in that type of way like in a demeaning type of way yeah like that wasn't i, I would like say like fei long and all that would be safe from that well that's the thing meant to be parody yeah but uh some were saying it was because of what happened with the whole once upon a time in hollywood movie right from a few years ago but i believe the the bruce lee estate tweeted about it and said that this is all like this. None of this happened. They don't know where this information is coming from. They haven't contacted anybody about it. Like it's not a thing. Hmm. So okay. let me let me get the actual tweet up real quick. It's not how you spell Bruce Lee. It's not B R W O O S. You see? <laughs> no, it's probably one of the uh, one of the cl- one of the clone actors. Clones, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the uh, the person that actually did the leak was one of Capcom's composers. I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but I know that they did mention in the article that I read. Whether or not the rumor is true, though, I would say, and, and this will go into us talking about his evolution as a character. I'd say Liu Kang's probably safe. Yeah, I think if he it is were too. True. We like we talked about that a while back, like when this first came out, but. You know, I often thought that when I first heard that, like, wow, this is really going to affect a lot of fighting games. But subsequently, I'm like, it'll probably affect Mortal Kombat the least because Liu Kang has really, I think NetherRealms has done a good job of really evolving that character beyond his original inception into something more kind of like his own original, his own original idea. I've always thought Liu Kang was just really, really cool for that. And I think that went underway with, with Game 2, just with his design change. But it's like, right now, current Liu Kang, his only similarity to Bruce Lee is just his, uh, his Jeet Kune Do, you know, voice. And then uh, the fact that now he's using nunchucks in MK11. But outside that, he's kind of his own thing. It's also a little bit of his fighting stance. Like, when he's in when he's yeah, in his he ready the, stance... and a little bounce on his feet. Yeah. yeah. Some of those influences are obviously still there. Admittedly. It should be mentioned, though, that uh, from what I've been able to glean... Well, I've already known this from our MK1 uh, research, but, you know, the original sketch and outline of Liu Kang as a character, John Tobias envisioned him as a renegade monk. And being a monk, he was going to be bald. So he totally wasn't looking to Bruce Lee. He actually uh, apparently was looking to an actor named Gordon Liu yep, as he's, more of the inspiration. Yeah, he was uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin. He's in a bunch of Shaolin movies, yeah. Yeah. So that that was his idea. And legend has it, and I don't know the, the complete truth of that, that Ho Sung Pak, who you know was hired to be Liu Kang, refused to shave his head. Which I Which find... makes sense, because he was like just getting into you know the industry so why would he change yeah. that yeah well i don't know you know you don't need to be have a full head of hair to to be a martial arts champion it limits you though unless it's aerodynamics yeah. it, it really it really puts a funny thought in my head now which means that if they would have ran with this idea about basically a renegade monk 
that means that there is a sort of alternate reality where we had bald Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat 95, which means we have bald Robin Shu in Mortal Kombat 95, and that's just blasphemy because we well, don't get Robin Shu's Maybe, maybe hair. ended up would have, uh, have been a different actor because, you know, Robin Shu just kind of happened to get the audition request for it, and he wasn't even taking it seriously at first. So, you know, it, it could have been anybody. It could have been... Uh, I kind of think Robin Shu would have done it if the requirement was he had to shave his head. I think he would have done that. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he touched. I don't think he. The man that brings a razor an inch within Robin Shu's hair is a dead man. <laughs> True. The only time I've seen him with short hair is during the pandemic. Oh, really? Because he just yeah, cut he his did hair it, himself. He did like an interview sometime oh, during the pandemic, and he basically kind of almost had a buzz cut. Almost. Damn. Yeah, that's that's going to be traumatic. But yeah, post some back. Didn't want to shave his hair. Uh, and, and yeah, he uh, had a lot of clout but already by the time he got hired for Mortal Kombat 1. I think I got in my notes here what is... Uh, his specialty was Wushu. And supposedly he was tra- trained by uh, Sifu One Jin Bo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who supposedly trained Jet Li. Uh, but, yeah, that's the note I was wanting to find is mm. that he was in the Black Belt Hall of Fame of uh, Wushu in 1991, right before he got picked to be Liu Kang Dang. for Mortal Kombat 1, which brings up the point I made way back in our MK1 episode, where <laughs> I may have I may have incorrectly said that Dan Piscina was the highest-ranking martial arts. I, I still have pushed back on that, too. You pushed back on that, and I still haven't corroborated what his martial arts ranking and practice was. At that time, I, I only know he was kind of the mentor for all the other actors, but he probably wasn't the highest ranking because here's Ho Sung Pak, fucking, uh, what did I say, a Black Belt Hall of Fame, Wushu, yeah, he's probably the highest ranking there. Yeah. But, uh, so, even though John Tobias wasn't thinking Bruce Lee, Ho Sung Pak, incidentally, when he was younger, watched Bruce Lee movies and looked at it and said, that's what I want to be, according uh, to to one interview. So, Bruce Lee was an inspiration for him. Mm-hmm. So he probably channeled a little bit of that. And maybe that's where the the idea for the black pants, which pretty much mimics Bruce Lee's appearance in, in a movie. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. know, just his his hair is kind of on the way to being that nice, fluffy, bountiful uh, Bruce Lee hair. Not not Robin Shu hair, but still kind of. Got some heft to it. Yeah, I never, I never thought the hair was necessarily Bruce Lee esque, but I also, when I think of Bruce Lee, his hair is like, I mostly think of Into the Dragon, which is very seventies type of cut. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. We talk about hair a lot in this. I know. I mean, I talk about hair because I, I'm envious of hair because <laughs> I don't got much. You guys are all right. Yeah, it's starting to thin. Really? Yeah. You haven't seen um, me in two years. I, yeah. Mine's slowly going through the, uh, what I like to call the Southern Migration, because my yeah, genetics say so. Yeah, you definitely got a Southern Migration, but boy, do you ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess what we could all say is, we all wish we could have better hair. And if I could wake up one day and I just have Robin Shoelocks spilling over my shoulders, I'd, <laughs> I'd be that slow-mo shot of Homer when he would grow his hair running out into the sunshine and the hair bouncing all over. And you'd probably rule the world. 
I you probably would think of what I could do. <laughs> Josh, the image that I have in my head of you with all that is like honestly kind of terrifying, but in a good way because you have black Robin shoe hair with your brown beard and glasses, and I'm just like you, you, you like you're like an ascended enlightened Jeff Bridges from uh, Lebowski. <coughs> Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> like that's that's the first thought that comes to my head. You're like the dude, you're like the dude guy from uh, Big Lebowski, but you've ascended. You're at a higher enlightenment level. So I'm like Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy, but with the like found Zen. With yeah, a beard. yes. Now I need to Photoshop you with long locks of hair. Do it. I mean, I, I've been compared to the dude in the past before, so maybe yeah, maybe that's my best thing. A little bit. But. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what Luke Kang wasn't originally envisioned to be inspired by Bruce Lee, uh, is what I've learned. And then maybe it was Ho Sung Pak's, uh, you know, desire to channel in the, you know, the, the look and the voice. I wish I could have found out who did the whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, so, probably Dan Forden or somebody. Actually, I saw on. I think it was a voice acting database that they listed Ed Boone as the voice, and I'm not sure that's that true. makes sense. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Ed Boone, but you know, it's because well, neither does raising, Scorpion. Reason is pitch. I know, right? It's amazing that you know I, I can talented voice actor. of all the the staff. I can hear Ed Boone's voice the most because he just does so many interviews. But then all of a sudden, when he just get over here, which I've seen a very rare live video of him doing the voice, and it's like, okay, yeah. that's him. But yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it was, you know, once Ho Sung Pak refused to shave his head that they thought, well, let's let's do the Bruce Lee thing. So I don't know whose idea it was to do the voice, which is still carried on to this day. But uh, that's what it is. And then, yeah, Bruce, uh, uh, the Liu Kang circa MK1 is a resident Bruce Lee clone. Until 2 came around. And then, then he kind of, they added the red headband and added the red stripes in the pants and his look kind of, you know, got a little more unique yeah he de- he definitely went for more of a sort of warm color like like warm color kind of look like with the red i kind of like i kind of noticed stuff like that with color contrast and at mk2 it really stands out like not to mm. kind of go too much into the art realm here but you have reptile you have sub-zero you have scorpion and then you have like kung lao and then you have Liu kang and then you have johnny cage because johnny cage's colors changed too he went for very slightly yeah yeah and so you have all these like more solid opaque colors to their character looks that really make them stand out if you kind of like you know squint your eyes and have them blurred a little bit you kind of can see the <laughs> predominant color that, that actually just exude and pretty much all of them are different so it's kind of cool it's kind of cool when you think about it like that that's probably why they chose red for him i would think yeah well like, like i said i think they, they they in our art episode they consciously chose colors that would be very contrasty against the backgrounds and maybe that was why because just yeah. black pants you know that probably would have blended in with a, some of the shadowy arenas and stuff like that also yeah just not as interesting not as interesting yeah and luke king's red is a very saturated like hard like hard opaque red yeah, and if there's a color that's to be associated with Liu Kang, I'd say it is red, just because yeah. fire and all that. So that kind of became part of his character then. He's always got to have some red in him. Mm-hmm. Like they say in Shaun of the Dead, you got red on you. Also, based on this behindthevoiceactors.com page, mm-hmm. it looks like Ed Boon did the Liu Kang voice in MK2. 
Okay. Not in MK1. There's no one listed oh. in MK1. Interesting. I wonder who did it in MK1. I don't know. There's, I, in MK1, the only ones that are on this page are for uh, Scorpion, which is him, uh, a guy named John Hay as Raiden, and an actress named Peg Burr as Sonya Blade. But, and Ed Boon was the narrator, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sub-Zero. Well, if if Liu Kang was to have a voice, he, the only thing he would really do is he would normally scream his, like, wah whenever he does his flying kick, because he didn't have his bicycle kick in MK1. No. So he pretty much, yeah, just a, a series of wahs. Which I guess anybody but, in, guess, could I do I mean, that's those, pretty, but... pretty much his, his, his unique voice. That is weird that a white dude is doing a Bruce Lee voice. Yeah, but it's like, you know, how much, you know... A racial distinction is going to be heard in a very exaggerated, you know, raised pitched voice. You know, anyone could do it. I try yeah. to avoid doing it too much when I talk about his walls because it sounds bad. But you know, anyone <laughs> anyone could do it. <laughs> but you know, as soon as you know the the Nether Realm games come, he has to have a voice. So eventually, he did get voice actors. You know, gave him a uh, you know a regular voice. And I, I don't know that they added much to. His characterization, uh, uh, full confession, I feel Liu Kang is kind of your generic insert, you've got to be the hero character here type deal, even up to present day. Um, he, he could, mm, eh, he's like, got a cool like, little thing now in MK11 where he's become the god of fire. But, but either see, way, he, he he is the chosen one trope to a T. Yeah, but, I'll, but I, I feel like that's okay because he that was kind of like kind of him from like the beginning it's not like they forced it on him at some point like in the middle of the series like this was always kind of his thing i actually feel like he's got from like a fighting game character main perspective i actually think he's gone through a pretty interesting arc i still kind of reserve the most interesting arc though to kind of go to like uh the mishima family from tekken just because you've got like kazuya and Jin Kazama, and then Hayachi, and just their interwoven, messed up family line, which I always found kind of cool. But Liu Kang, obviously, to me, be number two, just because he kind of starts off as the chosen one, kind of falls a bit more uh, from that main character status and becomes more of like Kung Lao's bro. But, you know, just well, you because know, like... Fall, you use the word fall, and that makes me think that would be a great idea, is to give him a character arc where he has a fall. I guess he kind of halfway did, becoming a revenant, but... Do like what they did in Legacy, where he becomes a bad guy or something. He does yeah, the, the Hulk Hogan turn heel. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like in, in later Mortal Kombat games, I always thought it was interesting the route that they chose to go because you know, obviously, hopefully, people listening to this have played you know nine, ten, and eleven at least to some extent. But like in nine, he gets killed again. And yeah, I guess that took that that that, that took some gall. They they, they make yeah. him not the hero this time and actually be at odds of Raiden. Yeah, the blood yeah. god. Yeah, and he was basically sort of like missing in action, at least storyline-wise, he was in 10. And then in 11, he comes back as basically a revenant and then just kind of, you know, ends up becoming the chosen one who ends up taking over Raiden. And plus, he's got more layers than that. Like, he, like the, I, I often like it, even though I kind of had my own opinions on Raiden, you know, like father of the year, letting everybody die. <laughs> but he still has... Uh, he still has a sort of like interesting relationship with Liu Kang, and it is it does really feel kind of father son, or like at least or at the very least student mentor. Maybe a, a Obi Wan Anakin relationship a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, and I kind of like that. I kind of think that's neat. I don't know any other fighting games that truly have that level of intrigue. I feel like it needs to be pushed a, a 
bit more potential, but I like what they've done with it so far. Gen, and that's just Gen interesting. Gen and Chun-Li. Gen, you know, uh, huh? uh, there's Gen and Chun-Li as far as mentor-student relationships. That's not that's not really that much of a thing. I get, that's because you watch the movie, but in the games, it, that's not <sighs> really that Ryu, much of a thing. Ryu and Ken, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like if you want to talk about that, Gen like like Gen actually has two grandsons, uh, Yin and Yang from Third Strike, and that's more of where that relationships come from. And he has ties to, I think uh, uh, he actually he Gen also has ties to Bison too. But and I think Cheng Li knows of him, but it's not really a mentor thing. So I mean, it's it's been a while since I've studied up on Street Fighter lore, but I think you're really like. But yeah, long story short, Chun Li has very little to do with Gen. They don't even they don't even have the same fighting style. Okay, well, that shows my my knowledge of Street Fighter lore. I do think it's uh interesting to to crap. My mind just farted. Gesundheit. What does it sound like? Screams of hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, his character, right? So I just kind of I poo pooed on Liu Kang a little bit, but. If there's one portrayal of Liu Kang that I find pretty engaging, it's, guess, surprise, surprise, Robin Shu's portrayal in the movie, where I always said, oh, they added rebelliousness to him, you know, with the, you know, he went to America and all that. But turns out that was in the, uh, the story for the original game too. And I never realized that, you know, yeah. once the, the renegade monk thing took hold, but you know, when Ho Sung Pak wanted to keep his head of hair, Apparently, Liu Kang's backstory still was that he kind of turned his back from the temple, so that's why he's grown his hair out and stuff. So, but stuff that I thought was added just for the movie was kind of already there, including a backstory apparently of a dead brother, which you know I thought was added for the '95 movie. But I mean, in the comics, he wasn't rebellious, right? Right in the comics, he was he was a good boy. He wanted to be, he wanted to be the champion of Mortal Kombat, but right. Sing and Sang. Were, were, you know, the chosen champions instead. So there was still a little bit of, like, resentment. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he he wanted to to hold the mantle. Whereas, you know, I guess truly he, he was kind of turned his back until, you know, death came knocking on his, you know, family's door. I definitely like the idea of what Robin Shu in the Mortal Kombat 95 movie did about he's kind of, he is, quote-unquote, the chosen one, but he's he's basically the reluctant hero because he just doesn't believe in all this stuff until he actually physically sees it, and then he just kind of comes around to it. Much the reason why I like the 95 movie is that all three of the main characters learn something about themselves and where they kind of need to be. That's a whole setup of of a movie you want to have. You know, not self-insert characters, but characters that go on the journey with you that are strangers to this new world. Basically, what they wanted Cole Young to be, you know, <laughs> and they they come and grow. But yeah, uh, but Cole he, Young is the, not interesting at all. So yeah, Robin Shu's whole thing, though. You know, he did make, make Liu Kang interesting because it wasn't just like a oh, I'm an honorable, you know, yada yada yada. Like he's kind of boring in eleven. I'm sorry, just like and nine, just kind of honorable. I like his like I said, like relationship with Kung Lao in eleven. That's cool, like the whole the whole kind of like you know upstaging each other type thing. With, also, like just ragging, like you know picking on him, saying like, "Oh man, you're still into katana kind of." Thing. I, I like that line too. When uh, <laughs> was it katana becomes katana Khan and Kung Lao is like now now she's out of your league, and then <laughs> Liu Kang becomes Fire God Liu Kang, and I think he says something like, "Now she's out of your league." She's <laughs> like, "Okay, that's that's pretty cool." Yeah, well, I'll take guess, some of my comments back. They they got they got some good interaction, but like yeah. on his own, this character is a little boring. There, whereas yeah, Robin Shu's thing in in the movie, which part of that is probably the scripting, but just making him 
you know, totally not all about this, you know, observing the vows and being a monk, but totally being like, fuck off, I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, you know, too much television. Uh, yeah. Just being kind of this, you know, whatever normal everyday dude who happens to have a grandfather in a very beautiful picturesque uh, Shaolin temple. Who, who I sometimes wonder, like, how Union much of, or whatever. You know, huh? Who sends them that Western Union thing, brother dead, come home. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I wonder about how, you know, how much, you know, the 95 movie imprints, you know, the character of Liu Kang is because, you know, it's a movie and you, you have more time. At least back then, you know, yeah. it was hard to portray story in fighting games specifically. So it's like, you don't get, you get some of the personality, but you don't get like, you don't get to like sink your teeth into the character as much as like a movie. So then when we watch the movie, it's like, oh, he stands out because of the format but i think I it's know. a little bit a little bit of the of the the format and a little bit of oh fuck well, well i do think a lot of it is robin shoe like a lot of it is robin shoe and the format but i i think they have a good starting point in the games with a lot of the characters like scorpion and sub-zero they that you know of course, they didn't get to do much in the movie. They're actually more fleshed out in the games, ironically. Yeah, and, you know, that's true. Sonya and Kano, we know their deal and stuff like that. Like, they flesh them out. I think it was just Liu Kang was probably the most kind of cookie cutter at the outset. And just given the opportunity to have a character arc and all that, he and a, and a, a good actor behind him, he kind of flourished. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, that's kind of how it is with a lot of main characters in the games, right? Because, I mean... I feel like as cool as like Ryu is, like he's he's seen as the head or the the face of more of Street Fighter, but like yeah, he has the hero's journey and he fights Sagat and Bison, but like is he the most interesting character in Street Fighter? No, um, it, like at least I actually find Ken to be way more interesting than Ryu is. But the thing about Ryu that I do think, just to kind of like give him credit, is that he I wouldn't put him on a hero's journey he kind of is on one but not necessarily by choice because ryu is more like a wandering vagabond yeah who just goes say, from place to place he's always walking around with this sack on his yeah shoulder. like his deal though specifically is he's looking for worthy basically a worthy fight but he doesn't like go out aggressively searching for it he basically just wanders around trains perfects his um hado and the fights tend to come to him, but he's always trying, he's always big about self-improvement. Like he is in that regard, a true martial artist. Like his entire being is trying to get better and nothing more. He has no other ambition than that, which is why he just basically just wanders around um, all of Asia with just his sack and kind of just lives and sleeps wherever because he can do that. He doesn't really have any other ambitions higher than that. Hmm. Well, I was like, Ken has... Like family drama involved with him because he's basically right up there with Ryu in terms of fighting potential. But Ryu, I guess, arguably from lore is slightly better. And I actually see some parallels with that between Kung Lao and Liu Kang. But it's kind of like I have to do some gymnastics to kind of get there <laughs> a little bit. Because Liu Kang and Ryu fighting fighting style wise are are very very different. Liu Kang would definitely definitely has a much more aggressive fighting style than Ryu does, while Ryu is more about mm. precision and Liu Kang's a bit more flashy. Um, but 
Kung Lao definitely is, you know, it definitely does feel like Ken to me in a way because he's sort of that like is... a little, a little bit like Liu Kang, but he's faster, has a different move set, and generally speaking, just is a lot more flashy than even Liu Kang is. That's interesting that you say that because, like, if you base off of like what we're what we've said till now, where it's like you know a lot of the stuff that Ho Sung Pat brought in was from Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee's style of Jeet Kune Do, the philosophy was that, you know, take what's useful, discard what's useless kind of a thing. And he was right. against styles and he was against flashiness. He was about efficiency. So saying that he's more efficient than like a karate practitioner is really interesting seeing the, the juxtaposition between the two. Hmm. What, between Kung Lao and Liu Kang or between Liu Kang and Ryu? Ryu Liu Kang and Ryu. And like... No. Yeah, like uh, like I'm I actually mean that Ryu is more about precision, but Liu Kang, um, and and this is why he, I say Chase like, right in saying Liu Kang is flashy. Uh, yeah, as far he, as is he is flashy, but that's he, what I'm saying. It's like if you if you like because the characters are like you know are not one to one representative of like either karate or Jeet Kune Do or whatever. They they take it and they do their own thing with it, which is but it's like interesting that like in real life it's different, but in the games it's flipped. Kind of. Yeah, but that's why I said I feel like you have to do some mental gymnastics to even kind of make that comparison because Ken and Ryu are pretty much best friends and rivals with each other like all at the same time. They basically grew up together and started the exact same fighting style. Kung Lao and Liu Kang um, do not actually, in my opinion, have the same fighting style. I don't think that they no. do. Be- no, and they didn't and like, and they didn't grow up together, and they're just kind of like, hey, we met on the battlefield of Mortal Kombat, and we just click with each other. So it's a bit, they have a different they, dynamic. They are related. I was about to say, cousins. They, when did they become like cousins? It's like, well, I mean, they always that? been cousins because like Liu Kang is the descendant of Great Kung Lao. Ever since the first game, they mentioned right. that. So then along comes this fuckwad named Kung Lao. It's like, hey, whoa, hey, hey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) In the story of the comics, Kung Lao was banished in Outworld, and he meets Liu Kang, and Liu Kang never knew him before, and that's how they get introduced. I'm not me, Master of the Lore. I'm not quite certain how the canon relationship goes. I want to say Kung Lao was already (gasps) trained... I think it was uh was there's the the Shaolin Temple and the Order of Light is the secret society. I mm-hmm. think Kung Lao is part of he's not part of the Order of Light. He's just part of the the Shaolin Temple. I think he is separate from Liu Kang. Like their 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 training is separate and all that, and they just overlapped into like they they happen to bump into each other, but they kind of have shared background. And yeah, Kung but I know Lao that in like is related to nine Kung Lao too. when they like retconned a bit of it. Like, Kung Lao is, like, jealous that Liu Kang is, like, the chosen one. Yeah, they do all that shit. So, you know, that's retconning. So, you know, that, that brings up the evolution of the characters, too. So, yeah, I don't like Kung Lao either as, as a jealous uh, little brother type character. I like him. Like I said, how he was introduced in Battle Wave, the drifter, the fucking dirty, hairy I do like martial that. arts. But I also like that when they have an actual relationship. Wait, is yeah. he younger? I don't, I mean, canonically, obviously in another realm canon, I guess he would be. I'm not sure. They're probably around the same age. I don't think that. I always saw him as the older one, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I always kind of like looked at Kung Lao as like an older one who kind of wants to be a mentor to Liu Kang, and Liu Kang respects him, 
And Liu Kang can learn from him, but Liu Kang is also kind of like doing his own thing. And if you look at the twenty twenty one movie, 2021 movie, that's exactly the relationship they picked. Yeah, where, I, I like Lau that. is the more experienced. Yeah, I actually and, like and that. in Legacy a little bit too, with uh, Mark Cascos as, as Kung Lao, where he's you know he's the very devout monk, and Liu Kang you know once again turned his back as the temple, but Liu Kung Lao kind of pleading of him was very much an older brother type relationship. Yeah. And I yeah, I kind of like that better. Yeah, I like I like that better too. And also, you know, Kung Lao kind of being a mentor to Liu Kang just gives me personally the added benefit of knowing that because Liu Kang's character has to grow, what better way for a character to grow than their mentor getting killed, which oh, happened wow. twice. Hey, okay. <laughs> and, you know, in 2021, so that adds more flavor to Liu Kang and I get to watch Kung Lao getting killed, which is always great. <laughs> Wait, what was the second time? Uh, in uh, Battle of the Realms, remember? Battle of the Realms, yeah. right. Where he got his own fatality done. I blocked it up. Yeah. <laughs> I they literally had that scene where they not... carry away his two halves on gurneys. In, yeah. In, oh, God. In my <laughs> head, Kenan Kung Lao is still alive. Yeah. In both of those movies. <laughs> well, the, the uh, silhouette with a hat shows up at the end, which is probably supposed to be Raiden, but we could pretend it's Kung Lao. Yeah. I'm, in my head, is Kung Lao. Yeah. So... So we know that Yasin puts on his Kung Lao glasses, you know, just to make sure he sees these things. <laughs> oh, for sure. I wonder if the Kung Lao glasses are actually shaped like his hat. I just had that fun. thought, yeah. Yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> <be> circles. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a sick uh, designer pair of shades. So Kung Lao would... glasses. I don't know how that works. I guarantee, then... guarantee someone out there is going to make merch of it at some point, man. I'm waiting for it. Styles happen. You got to break the, break the mold, you know, make it, make it a trend. Let's do it. <laughs> Circle glasses. Neil has his like clock. We're gonna have Kung Lao glasses, huh? Circle glasses with like circle lenses with like a blue rim around it, so it looks like the, yeah, you know. Yeah. Circle lenses are still a little trendy. I think some people, you know, Harry Potter, you know, just put a little blade. Yeah, that's, around a, that's what I want to look like, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know what? The like one that kind of like came to me, uh, like because when we were reading, like when we were doing all the comics reviews, or at least the early ones, we haven't done the later ones yet. But when we were doing the early ones. I don't, you know, like, I feel like it makes perfect sense that when comics, ad, like, adapt, a, like, a video game franchise, but a movie just happens to be out, that they try to, like, capture the likeness of the live-action movie for just basic business purposes of relatability. But I never thought that, like, Liu Kang in any comic or media ever really looked like Robin Shu, like, at all. Like, I never actually thought mm. that. Like, and, and maybe that's just the limitations of the drawing, but... I feel like that Robin Chu has a pretty distinct face, and I never saw any of that actually portrayed. I don't portrayed think they ever any, like, tried to make it look like any of the movie characters. They're trying for the games, but yeah, it is because Kano doesn't look like Trevor Goddard. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, know. that's true. But it is curious that Liu Kang in the comics did have long hair, not unlike Robin Chu's hair, where Ho Sung Pak had you know shorter hair in the games. Liu Kang in yeah. the games didn't get long hair until three. And that wasn't even Ho Sung Pak. That was uh, a different actor. That was uh, Eddie Wong. Eddie Wong, yeah. Uh, who has some clout, too. He wasn't just a, a nobody. But uh, I find that curious that as early as the, the MK comics. Hell, even uh, the John Tobias comic, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Luke Kang have long hair in that, too? Yeah, he did. I think it's his... Well, he didn't sketch Liu Kang as having hair because he sketched him as a bald monk. So I don't know where the whole long hair Liu Kang... I think about. it was just the early 90s. Everybody had a mullet. Everyone had a mullet except for Ho Sung Pak. Yeah. I do find it kind of cool that they kept that, like, that whole look. Like, Liu Kang in game one 
is just basically like shirtless with black pants and short hair. And in two, he gets like black pants with red stripes and a red headband, but no long hair. And then in three, he gets long hair and a different stance. And I think his pants are actually slightly baggier too than they were in Mortal Kombat Interesting. 2. He had a different stance. This is a detail I did not notice. Yeah. Yeah. What's a stance? Because a stance in one and two is kind of like his 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 palms are kind of flat. Well, dude, like his um, like his stance in one and two is different hands. because in Mortal Kombat one he's doing a little bit of the bouncing around a little bit um, that Bruce Lee does in Mortal Kombat right. one, but in two his stance is a lot more stiff. He's kind of like he's kind of just standing there, just kind of hovering. And in three he's mo- like he's not like bouncing around, but he's. He's, he's yeah, he's kind of hunched over. over, and he's moving his hands more, but he's got a really cool look on his face. Like, he's concentrating. Like, he's really waiting for what the opponent's going to do first. Like, he's waiting for that first move to come out. Uh, it's definitely different than compared to 2. And in subsequent games like 9, 10, and 11, they've really kind of gone more with the stance of him just basically imitating, like, the Bruce Lee stance, like, where he's... Yeah, especially in 11. Yeah, definitely in 11. I think 11 is, like, the most he's ever really come close to it, even compared to 1. Like I said, they they added nunchucks to to his armory in yep. eleven as and well, and he uses them. He uses them quite extensively. Yeah. So, so I guess he did kind of uh, revert back to a little bit, didn't he? Well, but he still has his character itself is like I don't know what you'd say Bruce Lee's character is because he's you know his characters are varied. But well, even though I give Netherrealms a lot of credit for kind of differentiating and kind of moving Liu Kang away from uh, the Bruce Lee look. It's just no denying to me that like his influence is in there, and so they're so they're continuing to milk it um, in the games, and they probably will for like a while. Like whatever future MK games come out, it can be the next five. I always think that if you're going to have any sort of Bruce Lee reference to anything, it's going to go to Liu Kang. Nether Realms is not going to make another Bruce Lee like character. I just don't see them doing that. No, no, no. So that's so that whole idea about that they do. That, that whole idea about that inspiration is sort of like it's not all that Liu Kang is, but it's very much a part of who Liu Kang is as a character, and I don't think you can separate the two too terribly far. Oh, there, there is another Bruce Lee character in uh, MK Lore. Now that I think who? about it, Hornbuckle. Who? What? <laughs> Hornbuckle? Who? Green pants guy in the background. Uh, we, we talked about oh my God. multiple times. You kill off Liu <laughs> Kang and make Hornbuckle the, the new Bruce Lee clone. Oh my God, you're going to see a whole lot of internet controversy over that. <laughs> they already killed off Liu Kang once. Really? Did his character change too much between, like, char- like motivation-wise between 2 and 3? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Uh, well, 2, his whole motivation was Baraka killed his family at the temple. So now more than ever, I mean, they kind of did this in the movie by, by inserting uh, Chan, but uh, now his motivation is definitely revenge. I actually forgot and about that, three. that that it was yeah that, was, that it was Baraka's, or at least maybe not Baraka himself, but Baraka's, I guess, race? Like, or... No, it's, it's Baraka. Uh, it's in the text crawl. Like, Baraka leading a squad along with, I think, Kataro arrive at the Temple of Light and slaughter... All of Liu Kang's, you know, friends. And so that sets up Baraka as his nemesis. I, for, for I always kind of loved it how, like, in 2, they, they wanted Baraka to be, like, this sort of, like, evil general. So when you think about that, he's like, okay, he's got extensive military strategy. He's got, like, ruthlessness to him. And then you actually see him portrayed in other media in later games. And he's just, like, basically this dumb dude who is kind of, like, 
kind of tragic um, but honorable. I, as- I don't think they ever thought him not being dumb because he's a quote unquote nomad. He lives he lives on the land and stuff like that. So he probably is very barbaric. I mean, they, I mean, they kind of did this to a couple of characters that I have like. I like and I don't like. I feel like they did the same thing to Reptile, but but they at least made a rule with it where like he starts off human like, but as more as more and more time goes on, as it becomes, I guess like something's happened to him where, where he's regressing more and more and more into his I Reptile think that's form. A fan theory. Well, I think the reality is just as game the the games got into three D and they could do more wild shit with the designs, they made Reptile more dinosaur like, and so the fan theory was is that he's de evolving. Yeah, which I stuff. think is not. Uh, I actually think that's kind of an interesting aspect of his character, but they don't really expand on it because that would make him... That's because it's a fan yeah. theory, dude. I'm pretty sure it's a yeah, fan theory. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm not a fan of it either. I, you know, I just want Reptile to be a, a human dude that happens to have a T-Rex head. <laughs> and he talks like one, too. <laughs> and he talks like one, too. I love in the comics where he has like this every like five seconds. <laughs> so. so expected. Yeah, it's cliche. <laughs> But yeah, they uh they they did kill Liu Kang, Jay. Uh, there there was an attempt to divert away from Liu Kang being the hero, and so spoilers, Deadly Alliance. When we get to play that, literally opens up with Liu Kang getting killed in the opening cinematic. Yeah, didn't you say that he's well? He's probably a selectable character in the game, nope. but not part mm-hmm. of the story, right? No, no, there is no Liu Kang, and unless I'm wrong, in Deadly Alliance, he comes up in Deception as Zombie Liu Kang. You could play zombie Liu Kang in, in Deception in the next game, and he's all, you know, gray flesh, chains hanging off his wrists, you know, you know, Romero zombie-looking face. But in Deadly Alliance, no, he's, you know, ostensibly the, uh, the Kung Lao and Sub-Zero are, are collectively, the, the, the and Johnny Cage are the heroes. There's no, there's no, uh, I guess it's more of an ensemble. There is no chosen one. There is no mm-hmm. chosen one because the canonical ending of Deadly Alliance is they fucking lose. Spoilers, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think that's why kind of, I mean, granted, I haven't, pl- I haven't played those games yet, but that to me would, I actually kind of like the idea, like of that idea, because at least you acknowledge that Liu Kang is important and he is still technically the main character in Mortal Kombat. And then you're like, hey, let's just, kill the main character let's game of thrones the heck out of this and then let's just find out you know like how people react when there's no chosen one oh, anymore people are pissed oh yeah Killed Luke, eh? i mean to be fair it's a ballsy move but you kind of have to you kind of have to you know cash in the receipts on that ballsy move like you have to have good motivation you can't just do it and then just like everybody just moves on like nothing happened i mean like you have to have like a pretty i think good the motivation to was to shock you and show you no one's safe and to change yeah. maybe the guard a little bit i mean so i have the same hero all the time i mean i haven't played the game or really like touched upon the story of that game but already i'm kind of not liking that because if you just kill it just for shock value that's not really good that's not good storytelling but then again i'm saying that about mortal kombat games <laughs> So kind of like uh, Glenn in The Walking Dead. What's your he, opinion on that? Uh, Glenn in The Walking Dead. Actually, no. Actually, Glenn in The Walking Dead. I actually that was totally was did for shock value, though. They did do it for shock value, but it, it really pushed. It, it particularly affected Maggie's character um, in that comic universe. So that death actually had a lot more weight to it. What character was really affected and changed forever by Liu Kang dying in Deadly Alliance? Uh, Kung Lao, maybe. I mean, then again, I don't know all the story. Uh, the the ending story crawls for Deadly Lines, but I'm sure yeah, it must affect like, Kung Lao. 
and everyone else, Johnny Cage being like, fuck, I got to be a hero now? Shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and But that's kind of what I mean. Like, if a, if a major character in really anything dies, it's usually supposed to reflect on other characters and push them in areas where they haven't been pushed yet. It's why I made that comment earlier that, like, if Kung Lao is a mentor to Liu Kang and then Kung Lao dies and Liu Kang is affected by this, technically it benefits Liu Kang characters more because it gives him an... Um, another type of motivation it may put him down a darker path because you know he could question why am i the chosen one if i can't even protect my bro um you know so it's sort of stuff like that um but but nah man glenn's death actually um is considered one of the more impactful ones in the walking dead for that reason because it not only affected rick but it really affected maggie as a character which is why that character is still alive in the comics, I think, because it kind of pushed her okay. into more of the. Forefront. I guess I was talking about the show, just because I think that's where a lot of people accused it of being shock porn, just because they show the aftermath and all that. Well, also, it was, it, it was also meant to showcase too just how utterly ruthless that Negan is. Yeah. Um, as well. well, this shows how utterly ruthless Shang Tsung is because it's Shang Tsung who kills him. Yeah. Or, or and Quan Chi, I guess they sort of team up on him, but Shang Tsung's the one that gleefully grabs his neck and he's like finally cracks the king's neck and see like I, you know like going back to mortal kombat 2 where you where they set up uh baraka as Liu king's ultimate nemesis but i'm kind of happy that they that that never really went all that far because pretty much now going back to the 95 movie and Baraka's even now in the games guy. yeah baraka's more of a good guy and then and, and then shang and shang Tsung's main rivalry or main adversary is not even shao khan it's freaking shang Tsung. like it's him <laughs> So those two, those two got beef. <laughs> well, that was important for the movie. It's like you got to have the the main villain can't just be incidentally. You know, you got to make him got to got to add something personal to it. And that worked for the movie. Yeah, it acts like, and it works, and it works in MK11 as well. Like you know, you actually kind of you know somewhat feel it that Liu Kang and Shang Sun just these two just don't like each other, man. Like even if well, yeah, <laughs> even they when they're history. working together, they don't like each other. It's like Ryu and Sagat, right? Sagat's eh. always got that scar in his chest that Ryu gave him, right? Yeah, but there's been comics about Ryu and Sagat where, like, Sagat is not really all that bad. I mean, he's kind of like a dude that just went down a dark path. I'm not path. saying he's bad, but they got they got beef with each other. Yeah, they got beef, but trust me, that beef is more on Sagat's side. Ryu is just like, hey, I'm always looking for a better fight. And he generally, and actually Ryu does for the most part, respects Sagat. Like, he doesn't dislike him. He's just like, hey, man, like, you tried to jump on me, and I got the Shoguru Ken, and I'm about to throw it in your chest. So, you know, there you go. There's a wonderful moment, I think it's in Deception, where uh, Goro and Katana are having, you know, talks, and Kung Lao interrupts it to fight Goro, because after all, Goro killed the great Kung Lao. Mm -hmm. And he swipes at his chest... And then Katana's like, enough, and stuff like that. And Goro's like, you dare attack me? And Kung Lao's like, that's all I needed. It was it was a symbol of, symbolic uh, revenge for my for my ancestor. Now now we are, are even. And they shook hands. And I'm like, that's huh. kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And it leaves a scar in Goro's chest, but Goro's cool. But he's like, all right, yeah, we're cool. Which actually, Josh, one thing I want to bring up, because we mentioned it several times, Liu Kang also... I feel like it's worth mentioning he, he, like the character's relationship with Katana because Mortal Kombat doesn't have too many love interests. I can only think of like two, which is Johnny Cage and Sonya, and then Liu Kang, and Liu Katana. Kang Katana. I think that I think well, that's it. Uh, no, now we got uh, Takeda and Jackie. And technically, they, we got Shao Kahn and Sindel. That yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's a given. Sonya and Johnny 
I want to say both him uh, and Liu Kang and, and, and Katana were because of the movie, but I think Sonya and Johnny started in the comics. They were already doing that, but totally. Liu Kang, Katana, all that all that love love uh, relationship in the games is totally because of the movie. Come on. Yeah, that's totally borrowed from that. I don't think there's any indication before that that there would have been a relationship with them. Which I kind of think that that's definitely more of a Hollywood thing. Like main character, it's a Hollywood has, thing. Yeah, yeah, main they, character has to have a love interest. Like one, they to. squeezed in Katana uh, into the MK1 story for the movie just because the second game is out, so they wanted to put in some MK2 characters. And yeah, totally. Of course, she's got to be a love interest. And granted, she wasn't really in the first movie. There's chemistry there, but they never quite, you know, commit until the second movie like they don't kiss until the second movie but you know, it's obviously set up i think there was a kiss scene in the first movie and i remember robin shoe i think our robin shoe said he was disappointed they didn't get to do it <laughs> but uh but yeah that's totally a hollywood thing and like johnny and sonya too but i think that may have already been sort of set up because they're both you know they're similar backgrounds and they're kind of fish out of water so yeah, like Johnny Cage, like like as much as much as I love Johnny Cage, I actually feel like the least interesting thing about him is his relationship with Sonya. Even though I like Sonya as a character too, but I was never really like, I never thought their relationship was all that interesting. I think Liu Kang's and Katana's is much more interesting just because they have that whole they have a little bit of the Romeo and Juliet thing going on, but not really because they're both from different worlds. But Katana's honestly, I think like, Johnny Johnny and and Sonya are more interesting than. Katana and Liu Kang are just these perfect, you know, honorary people, and they have the potential to be dull unless you do something and, like, you know, like cast Robin Shu to to play one of them. Whereas Johnny and Sonya have the natural dynamic of Sonya's serious business and Johnny's a goofball, and they and you know Johnny gets on Sonya's nerves. Yeah, and, and the thing I is, I mean, though... that's that's gold right there as far as like you know entertaining relationships. Well, it's gold, but to me also, that's kind of like the McDonald's Happy Meal of love relationships. Like, it just... It, it works, though. I, I mean, mean, it works. It works, but I've seen it. It's eggs and toast. It's fine, but I've seen it like a million times. Um, I think the... Um, I tend at least, I mean, granted, I'm talking about fighting game love story interest here, but if I, but if you're going to have like a love interest, I want the dynamic to be much more interesting than just your typical, like contrasty thing of like oh like, like i'm Shao super and sindel where uh, yeah we, we thought sindel was like a, a psychic slave to him and all that only to be retconned that no she was secretly evil and was totally uh you know on shao Kahn's side all along and well that couple. well that's well that's why i like that way way more because you know yeah i'll give you that that's pretty yeah, cool like shit like shao Kahn, you know is an evil, brutal dictator type, and he chooses Sindel as his wife. And Sindel, she's like, you know what? You're power hungry and you're evil. Um, yeah, I'm into that. Let's do it. And then they actually have this sort of uh, interesting dynamic relationship where you're always kind of wondering, like, huh, do these two really love each other, or are they just waiting for the perfect moment to backstab each other? No, I and think then, they love each other. yeah, and and they and at least I get the feeling that no, like these two are going to rule the world together, and. I'm like, you know what? I respect it. That is more interesting to me because it just adds like way more of an interesting dynamic. It kind of you know, turns Sindel almost into this Rita Repulsa-like character, and I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's great. I guess there is a little Romeo and Juliet thing going on with Katana and Liu Kang. Because, spoilers, once again, MK4, 
Katana's not in MK4, but she's in Liu Kang's ending where she comes in and congratulates him and offers him to come rule at her side, uh, by her side in Adenia. And Liu Kang re- reluctantly refuses because he says his responsibilities here in Earthrealm. So they are kind of, and, and in 11, where Liu Kang is now responsible to, for the protection of the Earthrealm and Katana's gotta worry about Outworld. They, they kind of are, and hell, they fucking even do it in Defenders of the Realm. Where like Katana's wanting to overthrow Khan at the last episode and go back and lead her lead her country is like they are into each other, but they're from two different lives that probably you know they can't stay together for long. So I guess that is a thing. Yeah, and to me, stuff like that is just going to be. I mean, there. I don't think that Nether Realms has really done a lot with it, other than just to say that it exists. But I'd still find that a bit more interesting than Johnny and Sonya's relationship. At least what they did with Johnny and Sonya is that they actually went into the future where they... Yeah, they got a family. And they yeah, a family. they got a family and then they got And divorced. now Johnny's a widower. And now Johnny's a widower. And they kind of got that going for them, which I think can make for an interesting... A more interesting sort of dynamic. And I like the idea that like Johnny and Sonya were actually married with a kid involved. And I feel like that makes the relationship much more interesting than, you know, like super all about my business, you know, military style person and then goofy Hollywood actor. Were and they, they married? Just, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Were really 10, they were married and got divorced. Yep. Uh, okay. Liu Kang, we're talking about relationships. <laughs> well, no, but that's why I bring it up because, you know, Liu Kang is one of these characters that has, you know, like that actually has sort of like a an interesting relationship and a love interest throughout the Mortal Kombat series. Like, I can tell you that Ryu, Ryu and Street Fighter will never have that. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. I don't think it, it's never happened with Terry uh, from SNK as far as I'm aware. And, I mean... What I mean, like, 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 I don't think Kazuya or J- or like or Jin Kazama have anything worth mentioning in theirs, other than like basically a throwaway female character that they had a kid with. So you know, when I think about the most popular fighting game characters and their love relationships, I can't really think of too many good ones. But Liu Kang is kind of in that weird realm of like, well, he has somebody at least. Yeah, and like I said, probably thanks to the movie. If if. Katana hadn't been in the MK95 movie and they hadn't like seeded that relationship, it probably wouldn't have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Then again, maybe it would because their roles are pretty much directly across from each other. I don't know. But also, um, I guess one I guess one thing I'll mention is that what other Okay, so we've mentioned Robin Shu, we've mentioned a little bit of Eddie Wong. Um we haven't talked about Ludi Lin though, so we should talk about his portrayal of Liu Kang from the new movie because oh, yeah. I I think I, like I think he deserves some clout because like uh we all, all three of us have our own issues with the Mortal Kombat 2021 movie, but I don't think any of us had a problem with Ludi Lin's portrayal of Liu Kang. Like, I didn't. I don't think he's better than Robin Shu, personally, but that's just because of my biases. But well, I don't, but Liu I didn't Kang dislike him. very much different, too, because he's written so much as a side character. Yeah, which I didn't and like. And that's the weird thing about, like, Liu Kang's trajectory is that because the games ended up focusing more on, like, like we, we've said before that, like, you know, Scorpion is Eddie uh, Edbone's like favorite character. I feel like the ninjas got shifted, got pushed to the front a little bit more. They really did, cases. and more than once, Scorpion's been put in the hero role, especially in the 2021 movie, to the point where it's like, okay, is he the hero now? Right. Which I don't mind, but yeah, Mortal Kombat really is at its heart it's an ensemble. Yeah. Rather than is there's one hero, but yeah, yeah Liu Kang yeah. is kind of the leader, but except. 
you know, they're, they're playing around with it. I think that was my, that's, that is a issue that I have with 2021 is just how, how much of a side, a side character, but like a, he's not the main character, even if it is an ensemble, like he is not. He's not even a leader because Kung Lao is more or less the, the, the authority figure. And the the temple. only thing he led was like leading them to the temple. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, again, like we could probably like like we've gone into other details about this, but I really do think that 2021's biggest mistake was creating a character like Cole Young and not replacing Cole Young's written character with someone that basically we can see it through their eyes. Like every time I saw Cole Young on screen, I'm like, why can't you be? Why can't you be Liu Kang? Like seeing this for the first time, like that to me would be so much better. But I guess they kind of want to do their own thing because it was a studio directive. Yeah, yeah. Because but. I can only see I can only see two people filling con- like uh, Cole Young's role, and the obvious choice is Liu Kang. And then the second one is like you could probably do it for Johnny Cage too, but that makes no, Johnny Cage more the main perfect, character, and I don't like that. T- it should have been Takeda. Yeah, Takeda. Yeah, actually, I mean, Takeda. Like Takeda would have been a okay scorpion too. anyway, so it would have been perfect. He's Takeda. Yeah, but, that actually. You know, yeah, that actually, Josh, I agree with that. But even you. if that he makes, was that Johnny, more sense. Johnny McNobody, I think it would have if he was written just a little better because the initial pitch for the 2021 movie sounded like if it was like treated a little bit meta, it would have been pretty cool. Like it would have been like the last action hero, but uh, they just didn't write up Cole's character to be, you know likable enough well yeah. at least the 2020 movie didn't like straight up kill off Liu kang like it did no, with other it characters so, well. I'll, I'll, so i'll give them i'll give them credit words due they still and i will say they killed off kung lao and they gave some symbolic importance to Liu kang's trademark red band red uh headband yeah because it's a sash from kung lao's hat i thought that was pretty cool that was pretty cool from yeah a, that was from a cool. character design lore standpoint at least that's the best thing that's been done to Luke Kang as of late. But yeah, otherwise his character, like he, they could have cut his character out of the movie. In fact, maybe they should have because he is such a side character. Uh, I mean, but Ludi Lin's like a lot fun. though. Yeah. I mean, I like Ludi Lin and Power Rangers cause he just played Zack up to be, you know, just crazy. I am crazy. Uh, <laughs> and he was a lot more reserved in Mortal Kombat cause what's a more reserved character than Luke Kang? Yeah. I didn't 100% love his portrayal but i think that's partly just because he didn't get a lot to do but i mean he definitely showed off i think i made the comment that no one's going to be as ripped looking as uh robin shu at the end of the 95 movie and then lou and does that fucking scene where he takes his shirt off i'm like okay never mind yeah it's fucking ripped part of it is uh when you do shots like that you kind of have to get the high i think he even said he had to be dehydrated for that scene it makes your muscles pop out a little bit more robin shu or louis lynn louis lynn yeah, because it feels like Robin Shoes, like, I feel like he has more mass. He does. He does. Uh, yeah. no, no knock against Louie Lin. Uh, I believe he is vegan. So I think he's just going to be a little thinner. Granted, you can yeah. get a lot of protein on a vegan diet, uh, depending on what you eat. But, you know, I think he he definitely is more leaner. And he, he looks ripped as, ripped AF in that one scene. But I think partially it is because you kind of got to dehydrate your body. Whereas, like, Robin Shoe could probably just take off a shirt any day. I think it's just a trend because like I know I remember that uh, Wolverine movie where you know Hugh Jackman had to like dehydrate so much just to get like all that. It's it's not just a trend it's what you do because uh, I had a friend that actually in college uh, he modeled uh, he modeled for underwear for the studio and he told us that he said yeah they pretty much 
you have to not drink water for the whole day and like the whole day the night before and the day of you can only eat like fucking hard boiled eggs and he said i never because he's like when you're dehydrated yeah your muscle definition protrudes more and catches easier on the camera and he said i never felt more unhealthy than when i yeah. did that photo shoot and i'm like damn and that's that's what they do all those calvin klein ads and action stars and you know, probably you know chris uh christopher pratt and fucking guardians probably all that they probably have to dehydrate to to show off their six pack and stuff yeah That's you want wild. one thing though that like it like as much as i as much as i like Ludi lynn one like unfortunate i think thing about him when at least compared to robin Shu, is that robin Shu just has in my opinion way more interesting screen presence than lily lynn uh, i thought you were gonna say he has way better hair <laughs> I mean, I can say that Which too, true. <laughs> but, but, but when I'm, but when I'm thinking about like Robin shoe movies, and then I'm also thinking of the power Rangers movie and then mortal Kombat, So maybe I need to see more stuff with Lulu in, in it and may, and I might change my mind because some of this stuff could be how it's filmed. But when I think about it, Robin shoe just has a lot more screen presence. Like he, he looks more dynamic in front of the camera than Ludi Lynn does. And I don't know if that's acting skill or well, if that's just the way they're filmed. I also think it's just the script. Like, in the, in the 95 movie, he was just given more leeway to just be, you know, charismatic. Yeah. And just yeah. be more, just be more normal. Whereas in uh, the 2021 script is more like he is, you know, a strict Shaolin, like, disciple. And, you know, he is, like, in this order, like, order of light. And, like, he's he's very focused and, like, reserved, like we said. Yeah. I feel like he's just... If you give Ludi Lin the script from '95, you know how how would how would he uh, been remembered? You know, I'm just saying, like he like in the Power Rangers movie, he is he's great, pretty exactly. charismatic. Yeah, I feel like he could do it. It's just the script didn't allow him to be that. They gave that to Kung Lao, <laughs> kind yeah. of. Yeah, I, I, really I guess what I'd have to see is that like, and not even a Mortal Kombat movie. I just need to see more things that Ludi Lin is in because I kind of want to because I, I do kind of lean more towards I I. Well, he is an Aquaman. Aquaman. Yes, he is. What part's he in Aquaman? Is he one of the troopers? He has a mask on the whole time, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the one part. You know, I looked up a whole bunch of roles for Hosung Pack that I haven't even rattled off. Uh, and, you know, we know a couple roles. Of, I didn't look up anything in Ludi Lin, and I feel bad. The the thing I looked up about Ludi Lin, which uh, two funny things, is one, he said that he played MK11. He's playing MK11. He was playing it uh, before the movie. And guess what? He's playing on Switch. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's a Switch pro. And two, I think I told you guys, he made a little video uh, with, I guess, his personal trainer about, quote-unquote, how to throw Liu Kang's fireball. But it, it was a serious attempt to think of what strength training exercises he would need to do and demonstrate to be able to channel energy and throw a fireball. It was kind of amusing, but also educational, because he did, like, actual strength building poses and stuff like that. It's kind of neat. Huh. Yeah. He seems like a, like a cool, like a cool dude. Yeah. He was actually in an episode of, I think it was black mirror. Oh, really? Where he plays a video game character. Oh man. I and he plays like a fighting game, video game character. Oh, that's funny. Is that before or after, uh, before Mortal Kombat? Okay. That's ironic. Like he kind of looks like a Ryu type character. Yeah. That's funny. It's almost like destiny when he became Liu Kang. Yeah. 
and I'm assuming will come back to be Liu Kang in the sequel, which hopefully, with Kung Lao out of the way, <laughs> maybe <Right>. uh, <laughs> maybe he could take more charge and and maybe get a little bit more uh, opportunity to do some range. Like maybe he's forced to be a leader and he's not ready for it. And he, he expresses, you know, fear or discontent or something like that. Which is, you know, which, uh, I, like, I'm kind of sad that Kung Lao is actually dead because then obviously Are you Johnny. Know? But, but Max Wong I am. is supposed to be back somehow. Yeah. So they're probably like, going to flashback. Or like, like, no, you see, I actually am because Johnny Cage was going to be in the next movie for sure. And I want my live action Johnny Cage versus Kung Lao fight because I think Johnny Cage would absolutely embarrass him um, and actually <laughs> beat oh. him. And, and that's what I want to see, because already I've got Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. We all know how that ends, so I can just throw that at Josh all day. Um, but I want to throw Johnny Cage versus Kung Lao at you, to be more specific. And I want that to be as glorious as the image that I have in my head. <laughs> That'll never happen. That'll never happen. At this point, no, it won't, because Kung Lao yep. won't stop dying. <laughs> you got me there. Well, if we go with my idea, or, or he, he resurrects inside the body of Shang Tsung, maybe, maybe we'll get him back. I, I don't see them making him lose to Johnny, though. Sorry, Jay. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be Brad Pitt beating up Bruce Lee all over again. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And you know what? I don't think you're wrong, Josh. Like There probably would be a thing like where Johnny Cage would basically annoy Kung Lao. Then Kung Lao would actually take the fight somewhat seriously, and then Johnny Cage would just get whooped. I, that's how I, in reality, yeah, that's, that's how I see that fight going. <laughs> sweep him with a hat. Yeah, sweep him with a hat or something. And then, like, you know, where, like, he... There's like this moment where Kung Lao could kill Johnny, but he just doesn't. He just winks at him and then walks away <laughs> or something like that. Max Wong was so great as Kung Lao. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Granted, we're talking about Liu Kang, but he was so great as Kung Lao. He really was. Do you guys think that like when like the way so, you know, like the way the movie, um, per, the 2021 movie uh, portrayed Liu Kang getting his headband from um, Kung Lao, which I thought was great. But it makes me wonder, he had his headband starting in Mortal Kombat 2, and that's been like a staple of his character design kind of ever since. And it really makes me wonder, because um, I always thought like, hey, oh, he's got like he's got the headband, which means that they obviously copied this from Street Fighter because Ryu has a headband. Um, it makes me wonder say, if that was no, ever if it, that was ever true, because otherwise, why would the main character, as he was known at the time, have a headband? Like, why? Did you he know, I that? wish I knew more about that. I was about to say no, they probably just randomly did that. But I'm like. If it's copying anything, it'd be like, I don't know, Rambo or something. But you're right. Ryu. Fuck. Yeah. Ryu's the only one I can think of. And even then, Ryu, there's been different interpretations about how Ryu got his headband, and it's changed color. He's had a red headband. He, how about and he's you had just a white want something headband. to keep the sweat out of your eyes? <laughs> um, I mean, that would probably be the actual reason why someone would wear a headband, but for Ryu, no. It's, it's of course, symbolic, mainly just so, you know, in games you can cue his wind, so that way the tails of the headband can blow in the wind because he looks cool. <laughs> mm, does look cool. It de- Yeah, it actually kind of does. But no. Um, uh, I was going to say that there is one more live action Liu Kang that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, oh right. Who's that? Legacy. That from Mortal Kombat Legacy. Brian yeah. T. Yeah, I didn't Ooh. look up his actor's name. What is it again? Brian T. Brian T, a.k.a. Drift King. From Drift Tokyo King. Drift. Baby, from Tokyo Baby. Drift. The master of the scowl. <laughs> oh, man. He has a good scowl. And you know what? He, he does it for Liu Kang because he's the bad Liu Kang, which I kind of dig. The Liu Kang that, like, you know, has gone to the dark side. 
gone to the dark side. Which means if we ever get zombie Liu Kang on, you know, on screen, he needs to be played by him. Yeah, I guess so. Not if it's in the movie. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Jay, have you have you seen Legacy at all? I know you've no. seen season one, right? Uh, I, I've seen clips of Legacy, but to be honest, well, you know, I've seen season one. Luke Kang wasn't in season one, was he? He's in season two. Only in season two, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, Jay, if you don't watch it anytime soon, you eventually will watch it when we cover it in the podcast eventually. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it because that's going to be like another thing that it's going to be a piece of Mortal oh. Kombat media that I'm viewing through mostly virgin eyes. So Spoilers, I it's, not a, it's not a good show. That's what uh, I keep hearing. <laughs> it's got moments, though. And, and Liu Kang and Kung Lao's relationship and the, the, the gall to turn the tables and make Liu Kang join the side of darkness. They also hint at reincarnation. They hint at that this has been going on because of my favorite episode where Liu Kang is sitting at a nice restaurant and none other than Carrie to goddamn fucking Gala sits down as Shang Tsung and has a conversation with him. They hint at past lives that they've been doing this over and over. So, but this time, I guess, you know, there's been a gradual shift and Liu Kang's shifted over to the dark side. I feel like that's a, that's a weird interpretation of MK9. Hmm, yeah, I guess so. Oh, not nine, sorry. Was it, would it be nine or, yeah. Where, yeah, the, the timelines reset. Yeah. I don't know if that was consciously trying to, to tie in with the games that way, or if they just like the concept of, uh, I think it's more the Matrix than anything, you know. The, True, the one yeah. just going over and over again until, like, he changes the pattern. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, he didn't get to do much. He, you know, he, he got to, be snarly and he beat up some guys in the bar. Uh, he slit a guy's throat in a hotel room, and then he Did shows he up. At, he shows up at the last uh, ep- or next to last episode to attack Johnny Cage and Stryker, and he throws a fireball. Yes, mm. and then Luke Kung Lao comes up to break it up, and then that's the end. And I never did the season three. It could have been interesting to see. And he wears a hood, by the way, because he's bad. He's got to have a hood over his face to look all shadowy. And, you know, kind of got that hurt look on his face, like everything is pain. It's kind of cool. Kind of a cool portrayal of Kung Lao. Or, uh, Very uh, different. Looking. It already yeah. sounds like an early 90s girl, like everything is dark and serious. <laughs> it is version. a little bit, yes. Yeah, so that's, that. I mean, that can be done good, but already, but honestly, Josh, like it sounds kind of cringe. And then you're telling me the show ain't good anyway, so. I mean, it's like fucking, what, 10, 10 minute episodes, so it's not like you're going to experience much but it would have been interesting to see how they continued it is Liu Kang gonna get killed by somebody uh, or is he gonna change heart and you know find his way or something I don't know it would have been interesting maybe I mean like I said the idea of the chosen one hero gets boring it's stale after a while so I welcome as cringe as it is uh, attempt to to mix it up a bit like killing yeah. off Liu Kang or making him a bad guy mm-hmm. and whatever I, th- I think he's got good horizons for him because if they go, if they hold to this whole timeline reset thing again, then he is the new Raiden. He's the uh, mentor figure for Great Kung Lao, and I think it'll be interesting. It'll it'll be a different Liu Kang. It might still be kind of stereo, not stereotypes, wrong word. Uh, generic as far as now, he's going to be the generic uh, mentor character instead of the generic. Uh, hero character, but I think it, it, it will be a, a shift of gears for him, so it might be interesting to see if they... It'll hold more weight because, like, he goes... You, you've seen his journey instead of him just being there as a mentor. Yeah, we know how he got there. 
Yeah. Uh, and whether or not Katana might be there too, because one of the endings is him and Katana rule, uh, rule time forever or something like that. Yeah. So she could still be part of that too, uh, expanding that relationship as we talked about earlier. Who knows? Or they could ignore it all. <sighs> Who knows what the fuck 12 is going to be, so. Who knows, man? It's annoying. <laughs> They've got to say something this this year at the. There's uh, no E3. Did E3 there's, happen yet? There's no, no E3 this year. There's no E3. So they're doing a another organization is doing a summer game fest kind of thing, oh. which is kind of a online replacement, and they're going to announce a bunch of games. This so I think it starts this month or something. It usually it's usually going to be in June. Yeah, June. As of April or May, somebody asked, "Does that mean?" Does some cryptic comment that Ed Boon said, "Does that mean that uh, announcement is coming soon?" And he flat out said, "No, not soon." So I don't think it's going to be in this event this year, probably, but not not in the summer. That I think. sucks. Hey, man, you know we but still got we still got to get your money's worth out of MK11 on Switch. On oh, so, I mean, I've bought the game twice. I know. Thank you so much for buying it, just so you could play with me. We should play it again soon. Mm-hmm. We should play soon. So now we got now we got the whole world opened up to us. A fight gate and MK one two and Street Fighter one two five six seven eight and the movie or game. But so much shit we can play. <laughs> so like, all right. So basically, like after Legacy, what other portrayals of Liu Kang, uh, particularly like in non live action media, can we in non video game can we talk about? Because I know because we because we actually do have like I think one or two. Uh, Mortal Kombat animated series that where he's also been portrayed. Though I don't know how iconic well, those roles are. We're going to start from the beginning. We've got the journey begins. Which yes, yeah. The actor was uh, Randy Hamilton, which he doesn't have that much credits. Uh, he has a few credits in like Days of Our Lives and T.J. Hooker. He's like, oh, so he's not primarily a voice actor. No, nah, but he also does like yeah, TV movies and like. Random episodes of shows and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I found from. It's probably Randy tiny Hamilton. He's, tiny he hasn't really done anything since 1998. So, and you know what? I don't remember. You know, it's like I excise that movie as much as I can from my mind. Uh, I don't. Remember. I don't remember voices in that. I, I, <laughs> I remember honestly, Johnny's I really obnoxious voice, I think, and Raiden too. But I don't remember much about Liu Kang's character in general. Yeah. I mean, I think he was pretty generic in that. Yeah, he's pretty awfully generic in that. Once again, had long hair in that. I think that is the standard portrayal of Liu Kang outside, uh, early on, outside of Ho, Ho Sun Pak, uh, Ho Sun Pak's image himself. I think they just decided Liu Kang has long hair. I don't know why. Probably to set him mm. apart from Bruce Lee. I don't know. Yeah. I wished I looked up, hopefully you see you did, who voiced him in Defenders of the Realm, because that's the yep, next Yep, I got one. that. Okay. Uh, his name is Brian Tochi, aka Brian Tochihara. Okay. Uh, that geez. name doesn't sound familiar. So basically, so far, the only people I know from Defenders of the Realm, I think it's just Clancy Brown, unless Stephen Blum. Um, hello, dis- little somebody called Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't right. know who Stephen yeah. Blum is? And Luke Perry. Oh yeah! Wow, Luke Perry was in that. Wasn't that yeah. show? Wait. Yeah, you're right. Jay, you don't know who Steven, is Stephen Bloom in this game? In the, oh, yeah. In the uh, well, no, I think I think he, I wanted to say I think he's in Defenders of the Realm, but don't quote me on that. Like, he, I don't. But you know I, who he is, right? Oh, yeah, of course I do. That's freaking yeah. Spike <laughs> from yeah. Cowboy Bebop. Of course I know who he is. So, Brian Tochi's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he was in Revenge of the Nerds. 
one and two? No, one and three. Let me guess. Does he play the stereotypical like nerdy Asian guy? Probably. I don't group? know. I don't, yeah. I don't. I haven't watched those. It's been so long since I've seen those movies. I Police Academy Four, which is and three, three and four. Uh, actually, uh, he, apparently, he was in the original Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, cool! Oh, he was Leonardo. Nice. Oh, really? Like the the guy he was Leonardo in all three movies. Oh my oh, god! Oh, wait, 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 wait! Like if the he, voice. yeah, like if he's doing the voice now. I yeah, I hear it. I hear it now because I have Leonardo's voice in my head from that movie. And then, defend, yep, yep, that's the same dude. You're wow. Right. Uh, that won't be the only overlap of TMNT. Uh, we'll discover later. But <laughs> keep going. This is interesting. Uh, let's see if there's any other like voices that are. Uh, he was a voice in Bonkers. Bonkers, the cartoon that show, was an animated show, Never cartoon animated. show. He's uncredited in a Goofy movie. Okay. Uh, I mean the the fact that he's in a Goofy movie just kind of warms my heart a little bit. He's in a couple of episodes of the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Okay, I remember that show. Uh, He's in an episode of Dexter's Lab. He's done a lot of different. He was oh he was in uh, is that an episode of Batman Beyond? Albino. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Batman Beyond, but that is cool because the way you're describing it, this man really has done like yeah, he's done mostly voice acting work, and it looks like he doesn't get extensive work, but he gets work. So he's still he's around. in a lot of stuff, dude. Oh, okay, he was in Static Shock. He's in an episode of Kim Possible. It's not like fucking Kung uh, Fu Panda or something where they stunt cast everything. This is a guy that's done voice work throughout his life. So there was a Batman Begins video game. Yeah, I remember it. Batman Begins, really? I mean, I never played it, but I remember the cover of it. He played Ra's al Ghul in the game. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Ooh, he was in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh. See, already, because he's been in so much stuff, but I can't recognize his voice too terribly much, that tells me that he's that he's a really good voice actor, because I guess the fun fact is, if you're a voice actor, you but everybody recognizes your voice, that probably means you're not the Well, you recognize one. Clancy Brown every time, anytime you hear him. You yeah, because he, he, typically, he typically only does one voice. I think that's why. Like, Stephen Blum has, like, three um, but but like uh, if you want to talk about like greatest voice actors of all time, I still think that that title goes to Frank Welker because he doesn't just voice characters; he does like every yeah. animal grunt known to man too. The the scream of Goro in the '95 movie, by yep. the way, mm-hmm. and Shao Kahn. Yep. Yeah, he is. He has an extensive IMDb page. Okay, yeah. so he's, he's a big time voice actor, and I can hear Liu Kang, Defenders of the Realm, Liu Kang's voice in my head very clearly. But that's only because I watched. The shit out of that show as a kid, so it might not be stuck in either your head as much. I don't know. And, and Liu Kang in that show, he's all right. He's once again kind of the de facto leader. He had a little bit more vulnerability in in normal, you know, human problems than is depicted in probably some of the comics. And he had his, you know, thing with Katana. There was some jealousy that, and feelings that she was gonna separate from him and do her own thing. So. He's, it's okay portrayal. And he's like, and he's also not terribly bad at flying a um, a combat fighter jet. Oh yes, is, no, that's part of his training. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I just like I, I just always love the idea in Defenders of the Realm that like, hey, I can see Striker uh, flying a jet. I can see Sonya and Jax flying a jet. But Liu Kang, like, what's like, funny is that it's Liu Kang 
and he's still shirtless and Sub Zero, and he's still wearing his ninja vest. It's just yeah. like, just top it, get, kick your jets and jam. <laughs> yeah, I always thought. I just always thought that was interesting. That like it was the they had, everyone, like, everyone yeah, gets yeah. a combat vehicle. Yeah, everybody gets the combat vehicle, and uh, and of course, you know, because Katana and Liu Kang like are obviously flirting with each other, they always ride together in the jet. Always. Oh yeah, Katana and Liu Kang ride together. Sonya and Jax ride together. I think it's always Stryker and Sub Zero that land together, and they don't they didn't like each other at the outset, so that's always played for humor. And sometimes they switch up, and Nightwolf yeah. just stays home. <laughs> yeah, and plays on his computer with his dog. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to cover that show. Oh God, that show! Yeah. Watch it all. That'd be fun. So when I think about well, like uh, you've seen who voiced Liu Kang in both the uh, the uh, the Scorpion movie and the Battle of the Realms movie, was it the same dude? Uh, it is an actor named Jordan Rodriguez. Okay. And he's been in stuff that I don't really know too much about. I've heard of the movie Lady Bird, and he plays a character in that. Oh. He voiced Liu Kang in, what, the, the animated movies and the NetherRealm games? No, no, no. Just, uh, the two animated movies. Gotcha. Uh, the animated game... Oh, the, the <laughs> animated game. The, for the video games, uh, they're different voice actors, actually. Yeah, I got the one for Eleven, which there's something interesting about him, but I'll let you uh, share with well, you. Well, no, I, I have to look up Nine and Ten. I think those two are the same. Yeah. I think you they go got different it. voice actors in Nine so they could, you know, be more dramatic and stuff. Or, I'm sorry, in Eleven. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually like Luke King's voice in Eleven just because, like, I like, um, I always like uh, the dialogue that he shares with all the different characters, but I like yeah. his, uh, I like his line, like, where he, like, throws the flame with his hands and he's like show me what you can do i do like i always do like that oh line. that's true yeah i didn't have much distinct memory of Liu kang much from 11 but that's maybe because i don't play as him i don't play against him as much and but so i have to go back to listen his actor though i did he's technically i got two actors in 11 uh his face is modeled by an instagram model named young tax lee uh who's okay. damn handsome i might add but i guess you know you're an instagram model that's why uh, but he's voiced by Matthew Yang King, who, a couple interesting things about him, to tie it back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again, he voiced uh, both Splinter and Shredder in a couple TMNT shorts and uh, video games. Oh. Uh, he was also okay. the Adam in Injustice 2. And the cool thing about him, uh, he actually writes scripts. Uh, he started writing scripts in the 2000s focused on embracing minority actors because he was getting frustrated and getting you know, stereotypical roles and all that. Right. Uh, and he also did like a couple other like crowdfunding projects and stuff. So he's pretty active. He's not just a voice actor. But the funny thing is he had a voice uh, credit in uh, Battle of the Realms. And it was Kung Lao. No way. Yeah. Cool. So he, he was the voice of Kung Lao and Liu Kang. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually. Uh the character uh the actor who plays Liu Kang in 9 and 10 is Tom Choi. Okay. And he was also Liu Kang's voice actor in Marvel uh MK versus DC. Okay. Uh he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh but it's a lot of like single character single episode stuff on TV. Hmm. So he might not be as big maybe that's why they switched to to uh and He's got a lot of credits. Uh, but not as many in video games. Mm. Though he was he was a voice in Arkham Knight. Uh, someone named Mick Phillips. I don't know who that is. But 
yeah, he's 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 doing a lot of stuff, but uh, he was in Fallout seventy six. Wait, what? Oh, okay, that was that was confusing. They said he was in Squid Game, but he was a voice. I think he maybe done a dub, the dub version of Squid Game. Wow. Who was he in that? Frontman. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he's in he's in quite a bit of stuff. So yeah, Tom Choi. Tom Choi, and uh, Matthew Yang King. So that's a lot of people that's uh, portrayed uh, uh, Luke Bang. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, like, whenever they decide to do whatever animated project uh, with Luke King in it again, or even the next video game, I wonder if they'll change the voice actor again. I kind of want them to, like, stick. Well, I have a feeling they're going to stick with Eleven's current voice actor. Which would be fine. I don't dislike him. I mean, of course, I think everybody wants Robin Shu to at least voice Luke oh, King Jesus. in something again. That'd be yeah, amazing. I want to still want Robin Shu DLC or bust. God damn it. Yeah. Right? Apparently, he's not really much into acting uh, now, actually. Maybe that's part of the reason why. Well, he also he also is very reluctant about going back into Mortal Kombat in general. Specifically Mortal Kombat? I wonder why. Because he's, talk, he's talked about... People asked him, like, would he ever come back? And he said in the past, before, you know... Uh, I remember he said, like, the, he didn't want to step on what the new movie was doing and let, let them have their own thing and all that, but he was reluctant. Right, and he, I think he said the same thing... I think that was in reference to, actually, I don't remember what it was, but I know it was before Lyndon Ashby and Bridget Wilson came back. Uh-huh. Um, but he just basically said like he, he cherishes their version of Mortal Kombat and he doesn't want to, he oh, wants, shit. he wants to, he wants it to live on through other character actors. And he doesn't want to burden with his portrayal again. I guess like I could see that. Yeah, that's a respect thing. I, just, I respect, yeah. I respect that. I mean, you know, like, I I also think, though, that, like, uh, they can easily get him back. They may have to up his paycheck portion a little bit of it, but they'll probably get him back. Well, maybe, but if he's if he's got kind of uh, a vindicate, what's the right word? You know, if, if he feels strongly about this, then he might not be able to be bought. And like I said, he, he isn't really doing acting right now. He's kind of more focusing. Well, it's funny, you know, he trained uh, me, Jovovich, and... Uh, Jill Valentine's actress, I cannot pronounce her name. Shiana Guillory J, help me out uh, here. Yeah, uh, uh, like I admit, Josh, I'm not going to be able to help He's, you out He that, helped so train hard. them for the Resident Evil movies. There's actually footage of him and Jill fighting. But outside that, he's kind of stepped away from acting. Like, you know, his trajectory was, you know, he came to America, uh, he studied Kempo and didn't like it, and he switched to, guess what, Yu- Wushu, just like Kosung Pak. Uh, and he loved that. Uh, but he actually has a degree in civil engineering from California State, but he didn't like it, and he kept a martial arts, and he went to Hong Kong, and then he came back and, you know, tried to start a Hollywood career, Mortal Kombat, and uh, the Beverly Hills Ninjas with Chris Farley, and then, then Mortal Kombat Annihilation happened, and uh, yeah. but apparently he also likes doing woodworking and painting, and oh, uh, yeah, he was in the Death Race movies too, so I guess it didn't kill all right, but he just likes to... Do his own thing behind the scenes now, which you know, fine. So I don't well, know. He, does, he has directed a few things too. Oh, I missed that. Yes. <clears throat> so it's something I've, I've always wanted to track down. It was a kind of a documentary type of thing. It's called Red Trousers: The Life of a Hong Kong Stuntman. Oh right, yeah, I did. I did see about that. Where he basically plays himself, and he's like the narrator. But he directed that, and I'm looking at Wikipedia, and he's directed a couple of things. 
Like he did a short film, which I think he is called Black Tiger Hunted, Hunter Hunted, which he plays a character in. But then he directed a short film called Earthbound in 2015. And he's directing something called Dead Mule Suitcase, which is TBD at the point at this point. So it looks like he's doing more behind the camera stuff than anything yeah. else. Yeah. So yeah, that might be his thing now. Uh, I definitely want to check out some of these movies, especially what's that new one coming out? Suit. Dead Mule Suit. Dead Mule Suitcase. What the hell could that be about? I want to find out about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. No idea. Also, I don't know if that's here or that's in like China or Hong Kong. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. He's more behind the scenes now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll get him one day, but, you know, maybe, maybe we just need to wait for the next iconic Liu Kang. Yeah, I still think it was still kind of cool when we when they did that, like, video years back where Robin Shu and Lennon Ashby were actually played each other in the Mortal Kombat cabinet machine. I thought that was actually yeah. pretty damn cool. I enjoyed that. He seems he genuinely loves the franchise. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, think think really he, I don't think he ever regrets being Liu Kang, which, you know, I had mentioned early on that he was iffy about doing it, uh, and that's because he thought it. What, what was it? Long before he got the uh, audition to do Liu Kang for the movie Mortal Kombat, the game was still being created, and he actually bumped into Ho Sung Pak, who he he knows through work, through stunt work, and all that. I think they bumped into him in Hong Kong. And Ho Sung Pak said he was heading back to the U.S. So, and he's like, "Oh, what you working on?" I, I mentioned this in the, another episode. Yeah. He says, "I'm working on a video game." It's called Mortal Kombat. I'm going to be a character in a video game. And, and <laughs> Robin Shu thought that was stupid. And then <laughs> next thing you know, he's getting an audition to play same character in a movie. Yeah. Man, I want to watch Mortal Kombat. Hey, yeah. We're about due. Like I've said that more than once. We're about due for our annual rewatch. We yeah. watched it in 2021. We showed it to Elliot. That's the last time we watched it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and now it's, uh, it is May. It is almost June as we're recording this. So. Fuck, man, we can't let half of the year go by without having seen it. Oh, we can't let a whole year go by. Yeah. Been, Jesus, so yeah, no. We got to pencil that in soon. Yeah, got to pencil yeah. that in, get her yes, stored mm-hmm. up in her, in her throats. And, <laughs> yeah. But I guess also one aspect of Luke Kane that we haven't really touched on a little bit, and I guess like I guess I'll start like my little thing that I looked into, is just his evolution for him as a fighter um, in the games. And... I guess for what I'm about to kind of like say about it is that like, I don't think I can truly paint like the best picture of this because I haven't played Mortal Kombat four through Armageddon. I, the, the games I've played is one is MK one, two, three and nine, 10, 11, but there is definitely some evolution in how the character actually fights in these games. And it's kind of cool actually, because you get to see a little bit about how Liu Kang went initially from one type of fighter in MK1 to the type of fighter he is now in MK11. Um, so just kind of like with that, uh, most of you guys know this, but like uh, it's not going to be news, but Liu Kang is sort of known for really like three main moves, his fireball, um, his flying kick, and his bicycle kick. And of course, he didn't have his bicycle kick in MK1. All he had was his normals and his fireball and his um and his flying kick and his fireball didn't go up or down like in later games but you know it was just a fireball (laughs) but he was known as the kind of always like an aggressive fighter um he's he he's kind of evolved uh a bit more but his core his core aspect of what type of character he is is like aggressive speed and aggression but he's never really been like the master of both like there's characters 
that are almost like basically glass uh, glass cannons and pure aggression. Um, I give that to Melina in MK2, <laughs> uh, and, she, and she's top tier as a result of that. But Liu Kang um, has always just been sort of like a you know, your guy that you can just pick up and play. I think this is pretty much inherent across all MK games, Josh, and you've seen for the games I haven't played. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's always been like the most new player-friendly character. That's like, how I discovered when we, when we played MK1, is his moves are the easiest to perform. He's the hero. He's Mario. He's Mario from Smash Brothers. He's he's your introduction character. Well, he's, yeah. he's kind of the most balanced, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's always felt balanced with a more lean towards like high risk high reward but not like fully um a good example of this actually is that like in um in mk2 he's very aggressive in that game when you want him to be but he also has inherent weaknesses too like his fireball has a lot of recovery time whenever you fire it uh but the advantage is in mk2 is that you get to be you're actually i think he's one of the few characters that actually has a fireball where you can fire it in the air you can fire it low and you can fire it high so you have a lot of like zoning options for him and that adds another layer to him as an aggressive fighter because when you have a character that has that many projectiles that they can fire in all these different area like layers of the game then you effectively can do a defensive turtle strategy um as it's called where you just zone a character away from you the whole time but it's Mortal Kombat, and characters have teleports. So I don't, I don't think that strategy is very, very viable all too much because characters can just go from one side to the other. So you're kind of like stuck because if you fire the fireball with Liu Kang and Scorpion does a teleport, well, you're you're about to take that full combo because Liu Kang has high recovery time from those fireballs. But other than that, he like mechanically, really, between MK1 and MK2, he really didn't change a stupid amount speed-wise. Um, he basically had his fireball, his flying kick, and his bicycle kick, and the moveset didn't change. His fireball in the classic games has always been forward-forward, um, high punch, and then his flying kick has always been forward-forward, high kick, or low kick, like depending on what you're doing. And his bicycle kick has always basically been a charge move. You hold it for three seconds or you hold low kick for three seconds and you let go. But it does actually have interesting properties. Like from a fighting perspective, um, I'm sure you guys have probably tried this where you, like before they say fight at the start of the match, you're pressing that low kick button and you just let it go and you start the match off with a bicycle kick. You just throw it out there. <laughs> right. And that's a, that to, like, I've done that. And I always thought that was just a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, but of course, like in MK3, we get to that game and Liu Kang was not the most aggressive character. He was not the most damaging character. Correct and he me if I'm wrong, but isn't his moveset pretty much identical to two? Did he yes. get any new moves at all? No, he got no new moves. Like no, no new special moves. Now, of course, he got a combo, but so did everybody. Right, yeah. MK3 is kind of interesting because there really wasn't too much to say about Liu Kang in MK3 because he's kind of like... That's that to me is the game where he starts losing relevance as a main character. That was kind of the start of that. But the reason why is how many new characters were introduced, how aggressive the game was, and Liu Kang didn't really stand out all too much, other than and like, also you know maybe maybe it's because Ho Sung Pak isn't back, and but that rhymes, yeah. and it's, it's Eddie Wong now. I don't know if that had something to you know maybe Eddie Wong didn't have the charisma. Not that he's acting, but you know yeah he like Liu Kang though like. He doesn't have, like, a faster running speed than anybody else. I don't think any of the Mortal Kombat 3 characters have a faster or slower running speed. I think they all run the same speed. So, like, mechanic-wise, that doesn't affect anything. Um, His uppercut and his sweep moves aren't really different. So it's kind of... I find it kind of interesting 
that in MK1, 2, and 3, he basically has the same moveset. He has the same three moves with the exception of MK1. And those moves are like iconic for him. Like no one really thinks Liu Kang. And like it's not Liu Kang if he doesn't have the bicycle kick, the flying kick, and a fireball. Like it's just not Liu Kang. Like you right. absolutely have to have that. Like that's become a staple of how this character's built. But his actual strategy is basically, like you said, like like what what does a new player do with any character from the beginning? They're probably going to be aggressive and they're not going to hold block too much. And they're going to just button spam until they actually learn the character. And Liu Kang is actually a pretty good recipient of that. Like you there's strategy with him. But to learn his special moves, you know, he doesn't have anything complicated. Everything is like a forward forward a back forward or something like that so i think that kind of leans truth to the fact that he's always been sort of like a, a very easy character to learn now i don't know what he's like in fourth for armageddon but fast forward to mk9 mk10 mk11 and they really kind of like added dynamics to him yasin and josh you probably know this but already but one thing that they did to a lot of characters when they changed them up is they added more I guess you could say like options to them for their care, uh, basically for how they fight. And that started that started with the 3D games, which will be interesting to discover once we get to them how how Liu Kang plays. And, and yeah, well, he's not in Deadly Alliance, but yeah. like one thing that Liu Kang gets in MK9 that was different, he actually has his um, all of his three moves that he normally has, but they changed a couple of things. Like his uh, his fireball was no longer forward forward, but that's the game where, at least as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but his fireball became a back forward and then punch button. I can't speak for Liu Kang, but I think they did that across the board because Scorpions is no longer back back B for his spear. It's back forward B yeah. or back forward low punch. So that annoys me. But <laughs> Yeah, and his flying kick is a back forward. And his bicycle kick is actually a double back, a forward, and a block button. I actually Weird. don't like the way his bicycle kick, his move is done. I think it's a block button. I thought it was the block button that, that you have to no, press. No, I don't think it's ever been a block button. Okay. I never played Liu Kang in MK9, um, even though I played against him. But So I could, so no, I could be I'm wrong I'm going to look that. it up, but I'm pretty sure. In my research, I found out that his bicycle kick in MK9 it was back, back, forward, block button. But while you're looking that up, you see one thing that Liu Kang did get in 9, which I feel like has kind of followed him as a next evolution of his character, is he got the dragon stance. And Liu Kang has been getting really big on those, He like where he like goes into a stance and he gets almost like a different moveset depending on what stance he's in. That's really prominent in MK11. In MK11, he's got like three different stances. <laughs> but... In MK9, he actually does have a stance, and I think I kind of remember it because it's basically a it's basically a parry move, I think. But it, again, it's been a long time since I played MK9. But that was sort of like the start of that. He still has like his combos like anybody else, and of course, he has his you know his meter burn where you can break out of combos. He still kind of is the mostly aggressive but can play defensively if you have to. Kind of well-rounded beginner-friendly character. But in 10. That's when they really started, I think, changing him up a little bit. Because remember, like in 10, you choose different variations of the character. Actually, I didn't, now this is something I, I, I actually forgot about. And I, I can actually safely say I didn't know. But in MK10, some characters have universal moves across all variations. Liu Kang is one of them. And the only move that he has that you're going to know is the flying kick. It's back forward. Um, it's basically back forward punch, I think in mk10 so it kind of keeps the same move set mm -hmm. but but across all variations he has that move but his fireballs and his bicycle kick 
are not inherent to him in every variation. There's actually variations where he doesn't have the fireball, and there's variations where he doesn't have the bicycle kick. Oh, uh, Jay? Yeah. So I think there's a confusion because uh, I think when they list the buttons, BK is back kick, not block. Oh, okay, okay. BL is block. Oh. BL, okay. So, yeah, so it's back kick. Yeah, they... The way that they do this is that apparently for terminology, you have high punch and low punch in old school MK terminology, but now in new ones, they have forward yeah, punch, back. back punch, and then also now, depending on who you're talking to, they just label them as numbers. They say like forward, forward one, forward, forward two, uh, back, back three. That's a very Tekken way of looking at things, right? Yeah, yeah. So like di- like di- different people use different terminology because a lot of the times these games are being played across different controllers. So that's why they use numbers, uh, just yeah. to kind of make it simpler. But in MK10, Liu Kang had, like, his three, like he actually had three different variations. Uh, the first one was Flame Fist, the other was Dragonfire, and the other, and the third one was Duelist. I think I remember you seeing, if you ever chose Liu Kang, you always chose Dragonfire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's the one where he gets, like, a, he actually has, like, a special move where he can do this move and get a damage increase. And... He also has the bicycle kick in that one, which the bicycle kick in uh, that one is a forward back forward back kick. So, and I think I, it was also because I don't know if I forget if you mentioned it, but he also has that parry. I think that was with the dragon. Yeah. Stance. Yeah. 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 I always I love a character with a parry. Yep. Liu Kang, I think, uh, and that's probably going to stick with him as sort of like a thing for him because he's. Other characters have parries. Like, I know that they gave one to Sonya in MK11, but she doesn't have one in 10. Uh, not that I can remember. But, like, uh, but yeah, like, Liu Kang not only has one, like, he has, like, multiple different parries in MK11. So I think that's just going to be a standard thing for that character, that he's just, he's super aggressive and can parry things. But moving on a little bit to MK11, there was a lot I was able to do with this one because, of course, I own MK11, so I play a little bit of it. And Liu Kang, they actually evolved his, like what type, like how he actually fights a little bit because he's still aggressive, but he actually has a really kind of cool defensive game because of these parries. Usually, his goal is to kind of fake you out with quick hit moves that are designed to punish and then force you to block. And because you're blocking so much against him because you're because of just how punishing he can be, he actually develops a very good grappling game. So Liu Kang has become in MK11, at least as far as like a, a really interesting strategy, has become an aggressive opportunistic grappler in a way <laughs> um, in huh. that game. Because in MK11, yeah, in MK11, hmm. he's got a command grab. Like he totally has a command grab. It's called the Kusari Slam. Um, it's down back forward two and I, two would be like high punch in this case. Um, uh-huh. yeah. And of course he actually has what two sweeps in that game. He has the classic Mortal Kombat sweep the leg. And then he actually has a back three, uh, which is, uh, I think the high nunchuck. kick. Yeah. The nunchuck where he whips out the nunchuck and it has, um, I think it has like slightly higher priority and slightly longer range, but it's slower. Um, I think it's the drawback, but yeah. Um, he actually does use the nunchucks, and of course, one thing I hate about freaking Liu Kang um, in MK11 is that all of his combo chains and can can end with his bicycle kick, and then you can, and if you've got a full meter, you can enhance it, and then he just continues it, and he will oh, bicycle. I love that. Yeah, he will so bicycle much. kick you across the whole screen, <laughs> and it yeah. sucks. <laughs> it sucks so much. It's great. Um, I often find it kind of cool that 
as far as how the character evolves as a fighter, that he was sort of like this new character that you pick up, easy to play. And I still think he kind of retains that, but they've made it more complicated in later games, where like now... This did of everybody. Well, yeah, but I feel like with Liu Kang... I'll be honest, Jay, you're, really you're making won. me want to play Liu Kang. Well, yeah, like, it, well, it's, like, it's interesting. Like, with what little I play to him, I started thinking to myself, like, dude, like, this guy has different stances. He's got two different types of parries. He's got a parry for physical attacks, and he's got a parry for projectiles, because he can reflect Why both. I think he's a part of my team, man. Yeah. <laughs> Told you guys, he's since what? Since 10? No. Uh, he's always been one, kind of one of my mains, but yeah. like, I feel like 10 and 11, I've, I've used him quite a bit. And then also, he's, he's, he's one of the faster characters in the game. He's not the fastest, but he's definitely one of the faster characters in the game. He's kind of always been that. And yeah. just to top it all off, um, with MK10 and MK11, where they just made it a staple for him, he's got a damage-enhancing move, like the Flame Fist, which I believe is yep. the Dragon's Roar or something like that. I know in 10, I hated that because that's what you've seen always used against me, <laughs> <laughs> where he just would do insane yep. shit damage to me, and I would just be like, I can't do anything. But in 11, it's just a basic move, and he can just do it, and then that just enhances his damage even further. Um, mm-hmm. So... But because of that, it kind of forces the opponent to block a lot, which is why, you know, people will do fake outs and then either do command grabs and just throw people away (laughs) all the time. So it's kind of interesting that they've made Liu Kang this sort of aggressive grappler that kind of forces your opponents to block a lot if you punish them enough. And then he just goes into grabs because you're holding blocks so dang much against it. So it's interesting. And I know that that's not what Liu Kang... Liu Kang didn't used to be like that. He used to be this sort of kind of lightly high risk, high reward character with long recovery on his moves and, you know, bad abilities to whiff the flying kick, you know, in some cases, but they made him, I guess uh, they sort of like evolved him into something else entirely. But dude, but also even though characters got more complicated, Josh, if a character has different fighting stances, a damage enhancing move and like freaking, certain moves can be amplified and some can't i just like you can't tell me that that's like uh that that's a very noob character to play to me like i feel like they've made him a bit more complicated than that yeah no that sounds advanced yeah. and you know what maybe that's by design because you know main state character evolved I, I, who would be the noob character in in 11 i don't know uh I- and Mortal Kombat 11, I mean, I would think that, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are always going to be decent. I was about to easy. say them, yeah. Yeah, like, th- that's my first thought. I know that in 10, I still think in 10, it's actually Johnny Cage, because Johnny Cage is pretty simple. He was pretty simple for me to use in 10. I mean, maybe, I, I don't say, like, claim to, you know, be the expert on this, because he's he's my main he's my main character. So, of course, I know his moveset, but I felt like he was still pretty easy to pick up and play. He's not too fast. He's not too slow. Um, and he's got like a, a half decent move set, but he definitely feels like a character where you start out as him and then you kind of like move past him and pick someone else because maybe they're more your thing. Um, yeah. but, oh, by the way, uh, Johnny Cage in Deadly Alliance, when we get to play, he gets some nunchucks in that. Yeah, that's weird. I don't like the idea of Johnny oh, Cage. Not, yeah. I don't like I the idea of the that. Don- I, mean, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> everyone gets two fighting styles based on an actual martial art and the third style is a weapon mm-hmm. and johnny cage i think he gets karate for something and then yeah his weapons nunchucks and i don't know I can see what? he probably trained in how nunchucks, does luke yeah. king not get the nunchucks 
I don't, well, Liu Kang's not in the game. He's dead, remember? Oh, so, right, he is dead. Yeah, so <laughs> that's probably why. Well, they made maybe, up for that. Maybe Liu Kang gave them to Johnny Cage before he died. Well, they made up for that because in MK10 and MK11, Liu Kang has nunchucks and he uses them. <laughs> so Yes, he does. Yep. There's so much fun to use. Yep. And I, do, and I think it's kind of cool. I like the idea of, like, the MK characters having at least interesting tactics with weapons. Um because I think all of them have it. Like I thought, I actually thought it was great that Johnny Cage got freaking like um, freaking brass knuckles <laughs> with his name carved on it. <laughs> of course. Um, I always thought that was cool, uh, just because like He's sure. So cringe. Huh? He's so cringe. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> Everyone's got a weapon now, though. That's the thing. Mortal Kombat used to be just bare fist. Well, that's Striker always- was the first one that had a gun. Now Cassie, Jackie, Aaron Black got guns. Everyone's got a blaster. Scorpion's got ninja swords. Well, but Josh, I like how they I, all feel different, though. Yeah, that's yeah, they true. Do I'm just saying, like, they're all very deadly weapons now. But I mean, but Josh, isn't in MK4 like every character has a weapon option as far as like a class or something in MK4? Yeah, uh, no, that's that's Deadly Alliance. No, they uh, have a weapon too, though. There's weapons in four, but they work a little differently. I think everyone gets a weapon they can whip out, and you can actually drop it. You can actually pick up other objects and use as a weapon. No, too. like I, I've seen, I can't, like I Scorpion like I gets them. a broadsword. They, they just pull it out of the back of their. <laughs> yeah, they pull out of the hammer space. But yeah, it, it started in four, and then perfected a little in Deadly Lines. Yeah. But I'm definitely curious in the future, like what they'll do with Liu Kang's move set in future games, because I like the idea that he's this sort of mix-up grappler aggression fighter it adds more variation to him and even though that like when it comes to speed kung lao will always be faster than Liu kang in my opinion i like that Liu kang has a bit more aggressive tactics like i'll put it this way at least for me when i'm fighting kung lao i kind of i'm scared of how fast he is but with Liu kang i'm scared of a lot more because like his speed is pretty much something i would expect but I get scared of one getting my moves parried, two that dragon stance where he like increases the damage on his moves, and I freaking hate that bicycle kick move, man. Especially if you get hit by it, because it feels like because of how long it goes, it feels like okay, I can go make a sandwich now until you're just done like <laughs> riding like riding the bicycle on my chest. I think the interesting thing that will be how they use him in the future because now he's like the fire thunder dude. Yeah, I wonder like, like if he'll get some. Funky. He has a teleport in eleven, I think, right? Doesn't he do a fire teleport? He does, but it doesn't go anywhere. Like it just comes straight to. Like it doesn't go behind. Like they could character. really play up though. Some like maybe he does a dragon kick and it, it starts and going one way. He levitates now, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, he can. I, I'm, I don't know if Fire God Liu Kang but levitates at the end of eleven or not. But yeah, they could probably do some crazy god abilities with him now. You know, I wish- wonder, it'll, it'll be a combination of it. You know, you know, like a wish list for me for him is that like I would love it if they went more with the element of fire for him to where like fire is usually associated with high risk, high reward sort of glass cannon strategy. I would like it if they had like a variation of Luke King where like you have like a grappler variation and then a high risk, high reward one or a glass cannon variation with more flashy moves and then a more traditional balance like martial arts one where he's got some flame powers but he's more about like stature and then just holding his ground against you that to me would be kind of cool because you're kind of you know giving a legacy to all three different variations of how this character has actually played in past games that to me would be cool and make the monkey flip a dang like full-fledged move is what i like is what i want it's it's the it's luke king's fatality but 
You know, I want that to be like a, like way more of an actual move. Oh, you mean his classic fatality from one? Yeah, it's called the monkey flip. I, mean, I think isn't it a brutality in eleven? Probably. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but that's a brutality. I I want it to be. I want it just to be an actual move because to me that's always been like when I look at it, it's almost like a bread and butter combo. Um, and yeah, I could see that being a setup yeah. for, for a juggle. Yeah. And I, and I like that being like, sort of like you can go from one move into another move to another move, and then you can initiate the special move to do basically the monkey flip move. Cause I think that's just kind of cool. It's like, to me, it's always been kind of like, you know, kind of showcasing Liu Kang's acrobatics cause he's very much an acrobatic character. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's and his honor as, as, as needs to be stated, it was the only fatality in one where the screen didn't go dark. Because he's it doesn't kill the opponent because he's honorable. Yeah, and I kind of decision making the hero from the outset. Oh yeah, yeah, it goes out the window real quick when he turns into. Maybe that's why his fatality in two is he turns into a dragon. So it's not him doing it; he turned into an animal. He got his animality. Who was the character that uh, summons the arcade cabinet? That's him too. It's his fatality in three. Yep, that's in three. Yeah, he's the one who does it, and he summons the MK one without the Johnny Cage artwork on it because legal. Yeah, true. So and all and all the the his except now, uh, is his murder. He kind of was a non accessory, you know. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, Your Honor. It was an MK machine that fell out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, contrast that with eleven, where he ripped someone's throat out and then yeah, God, in their mouth. yeah, that did go out of the window. Then <laughs> I think but a lot of that's things the, out the window. same game where you know Johnny Cage. Make some mannequin puppet out of you. Uh, like every other fucking uh, characters are psychos now. It's disturbing. It, it, yeah, I think we need to check in, check up on Ed Boon. See if he's okay over there. Yeah, you okay, man? You want to talk? We got we can have a therapy session right here on combat yeah. time. <laughs> Let it all out. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything else we need to we want to talk about with uh, Sir Liu Kang? Well. There is something I did want to, I guess, briefly mention um, a little bit is that like, yeah, I've made this aware in the past a little bit. And um, this is only just because I like like Johnny Cage is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. But Boom. even if, but even but even in Mortal Kombat 10, even I had issues with Johnny Cage being the main character. I love Johnny's portrayal in that game, but I was bothered by that because I that's when I really started. I think that's the first time I started truly getting annoyed that Liu Kang was like basically almost bluntly getting shafted because well, Johnny Cage that, that gained point, like random God killing powers, which I thought was funny. But I'm like, oh, Johnny Cage is the one who gets to defeat Shinnok this time. Like <laughs> at that point in the story, however, Liu Kang was a revenant. So he was kind of out of out of play. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's just like when I look at Johnny Cage, I've always thought of Johnny Cage as sort of like a fish out of water that's just in way over his head, but he still kind of survives because he actually is the real deal with his martial arts. Like he actually knows what he's doing, but he just kind of like can't really fathom the situation that he's actually in. What legends? Um, what legends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I always thought that worked for him, but you, but I don't think that you make a character like that, the main character. Like he's, he's almost always going to be a support character. I mean, I liked it because Johnny Cage, much like Liu Kang here has evolved as a character. And he's, he's purposely evolved in another wrong games because he gets responsibility. He marries Sonya. He becomes evolved in the special forces. He becomes a father you see him because you know, contrast in you know in eleven 
when he meets his younger self and he, he's annoyed by his younger self. Yeah. But, so, you know. But did he need to have the whole bloodline thing to do that? The bloodline thing's stupid, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. It's just like he just randomly gets these, like, God, like, basically God killing powers. And I'm just like, and I'm sort of just like, but. In reality, shouldn't Liu Kang basically be getting this? Like, shouldn't that just kind of be a thing because Chosen One and everything? So, I, I mean, granted, they made up for it in MK11. They really kind of did. And I was very happy that Liu Kang became the main character again and became the Chosen One and basically took over Raiden's, you know, job, essentially. I, I was like, okay, game. I can respect this. And now that the timeline's been rebooted again, maybe they'll do something different with the character from now on. Yeah, that's if, if Luke King's going to be our mentor character, who is going to be the hero? If it stays in olden times, I guess Great Kung Lao, but it, what if they don't? What if it goes to modern times? Who could it be? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, Cole Young. Cole Young. Oh, God. <laughs> Media tie-in. Well, hey, maybe they'll fix him. Maybe maybe he'll be better. Uh, I Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> Um, I know yeah. it. Also, you know, it does kind of get to the broader point that, like, I do think that because I've always considered Liu Kang like the main character, I actually think Mortal Kombat would not be Mortal Kombat without Liu Kang. Like, as much as I kind oh, yeah. of like respect Scorpion being the mascot, and pretty much he is Scorpion is the face of Mortal Kombat. Like at this point, he just kind of is. And if and yeah, I think I saw a poll that says who's going to be on the cover of MK12, and I want to answer be like Scorpion. Yep. <laughs> and then a dis because he's on eleven. Yeah, and, and then number two would always be Sub Zero. Like if Scorpion can't be the face of Mortal Kombat, then Sub Zero probably would be the face of Mortal Kombat. They're they're almost equal. Yeah. Because what's the first character spinoff game? Well, the one we just covered, Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the lines like for Malcolm in the Middle, nobody beats Sub-Zero. Yep. In fact, I think the name Sub-Zero is a little more iconic than Scorpion, so they're, they're, they're neck and neck. But but also, you know, there's Liu Kang in the background here, and he's like, hey guys, I won the first tournament. Hey guys, I literally oh. turned into a dragon. Hey guys, the you dragon like is the... literally the dragon that is the Mortal Kombat symbol. So like, you know. You mean like in the pit too in the background where he's wearing green pants and he's, you know, Dang it, Josh. buckle? <laughs> he's gonna be the hero of of mk12 oh my god it'll still be Liu kang then you have a Liu kang mentor and the Liu kang so it won't change it'll still be Liu kang can we just make bo Raicho the main character i just want to see him. i'd love that, that. <laughs> why not bo Raicho is the main character that would be hilarious <laughs> he needs a comeback too yeah i think another comeback. oh man i love the second yeah bo Raicho is fine <laughs> I just, I, you see, and I never played him, but I loved watching you play him, and I loved fighting against him because of, like, he would just vomit all over you. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, my, my goal was always to get, like, fourth-level drunk in the game, so then you'd have all the specials and powers and boosts and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's a good mechanic. Yeah, it is a cool. Yeah, it is a cool mechanic where, like, you know, if you just do certain things, you just become more powerful. Technically, Kodakon kind of inherited that move set because he summons, like, these power of the sun yeah he summons like these like these tiny like little zones and while he's in those zones he gets certain buffs to his like uh, to his power or he gets to heal himself or something like that um technically he kind of inherited that move set but but i actually like kodakon for a different host of reasons for that but that's a different story (laughs) it's like your big buff characters i do but i particularly like my big buff grappling characters why because 
You have to work harder for those characters to be good with them. <laughs> you really kind of do. That's why I like them. They're challenging. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think you understand how much of, how difficult it is to get Borracho like fourth level. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta step aside and have time to drink while not getting hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen. I've told you many times. You've seen. Do you realize how difficult it is for me to land like my 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 uh, my supers with Tzok and Gar Mark of the Wolves against you? And how many times have I punched you Look away from my own super <laughs> trying to do it? It's true. It's very true. Yeah, it's hard. Get better. Get better. That's what that's that's what I try to do. You'll get and you'll get and you'll get you'll get that neo deadly rave one day. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> we've done it once. Um, but yeah, I think Liu Kang deserves to be the hero of MK, and I think he still kind of is. But I just want to state that for the record that you know that Liu Kang will always be the main character of Mortal Kombat to me, <laughs> no matter what they actually do in the day. And I don't think it's Mortal Kombat without Liu Kang. Like he has to be in the roster at this point, always. Yeah, yeah. I think he better be on that cover for twelve. I don't know. I think I'm probably going to be Scorpion, <laughs> dude. So I'm just going to say. I know, but still. I mean, Scorpion's iconic looking. Not that Liu Kang isn't. We've we've addressed tattoos now. Yeah, the tattoos, but that's the problem. It's not a household uh, look yet. Maybe he'll get there. We'll see. Maybe they will put him on the cover and they'll make him a household look. He's on the cover of Battle of the Realms. That's true. He is. Is he? Yeah, he's the main dude in the front. Yep, he is. Okay, I can't remember the cover. I figured it was Scorpion. I kind of like his outfit in that, too. I can't remember. It was pretty much Two's outfit, right? A no, he's wearing like a tank top thing, like black and red. Oh yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah, interesting. That that kind of became his outfit in like nine too. He had a gi. Huh? Didn't he have like a gi in nine, or like uh, at least a sash or something? No, he was basically wearing the same thing as Two. Not in nine. In nine, he had his chest covered. Really? Yeah, he had like some sort of sash or something. I thought he had an exposed chest. Oh, like, Liu, Liu Kang hasn't been shirtless in another realm games. I feel like he was, though. I mean, he's shirtless as Fire God Liu Kang, because he's showing off his tattoos and all that, but that's it. Oh, you're right. No, he has yeah. a, he has different. He has two different ones. He does have a sash, but he also has, like, just the shirtless one. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I guess, yeah, they, everyone gets a classic look or something. I think the sash is, like, not the default. Because, like, the art, when, you know, does, like, the versus part is the shirtless one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, like when you pick like, this character in the character select, he doesn't have a shirt. Well, like Jay said, it's been forever since I played 9, so. Well, you suck. Yeah. Uh, that is something interesting to bring up. The last point I'll bring up, uh, too, before before we get out of here. Uh, something I meant to earlier, but you, you said, oh, they should put him on the cover. And I was like, well, does he have an iconic look? So we've addressed that his first look was just Bruce Lee, and, and then they tried to do the, the the headband and stuff to set him apart, uh, which might you know lead someone to ask like someone on the street like what is Liu Kang's what's his trademark, and going back to Ho Sung Pak, uh, him uh, along with Rich Divizio uh, were in a little movie called Book of Swords, uh, if y'all know that right. What was the movie called? Uh, Book of Swords? No. no. Oh, um, okay, so that's a movie. Rich Divizio's in it. Hosung Pax in it. I actually watched a scene recently where uh, both of them uh, face off against each other. 
Caitlin uh, Zamiar, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name, Katana Molina from MK2, is also in it. Uh, so it's notable for having them. But towards the end, Ho-Sung Pak, and I think Daniel Piscina, or I'm sorry, uh, Rich Divizio somehow too kind of tributes Kano, but Ho-Sung Pak puts on a headband, a red headband, and it's purposely a tribute to kind of make him look a little bit more like Liu Kang for like the climax. Oh. And I find that interesting because that's not a trademark Bruce Lee thing. That's him donning something that is, you know, rec- instantly recognizable as Liu Kang. That's cool. So, that's a movie. That was a recent movie too. Well, recent. It was like two thousands, early two thousands. Oh, I put my foot in my mouth. Nineteen ninety six. Yep, that's what I'm saying. I thought it was like, online. or maybe it was released in two thousand later. I don't know. But we ought to watch that sometime though. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, that's that's all I got to yeah, add. Correct so. this, man. Oh yeah, that's cool. Okay, I need some of If you look up, uh, you Google it or YouTube it, then you'll, you'll they'll probably show you the, the face off between him and Rich Divizio. Ah, okay. Where Rich Divizio gets to act all hammy once again, as he loves. To he do loves it. doing that. He loves to do that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, at least at least like for at least for at least for Liu Kang, at least for me, I think like I think that's all I that's all I got on this character. Cool. That was a nice little deep dive. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think. It, I think. I, I think uh, it is possible in the future that we will do other character spotlights like this. Um, probably at the very least for the original cast. I don't think we'll do every character, but yeah, no way we'll do every yeah. character because uh, there's already a wonderful podcast that that does that. Yeah, uh, Mortal Podcast, and yep. they're more focused on the lore too. What did I say it wrong? No, no, you're right. Mortal Podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, but they're more focused on the lore, so that, that's a little different anyway. But, you know, considering Mortal Kombat also has a hundred characters, ain't gonna yeah. fucking do that. If anything, we do the main five from the original game. But yeah, every now and then, feels like a character we might want to talk about. Might pop in and talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we definitely felt like we had to do Liu Kang first, if anything, just because we all love 95, we all love Robin Shu, we all love Robin Shu's hair, and we all love um, Liu Kang. Liu Kang. Just because he is the main character in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And also, I mean, if I'm being honest, man, when I think of Liu Kang in the video games, I think of Ho Sung Park. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Totally. Like, specifically him in MK2, but that's my default for everybody, but especially with him, like, that is iconic for me. Yeah, buddy. Okay. So yeah. But yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, I think that's it too. So for um, for our outro, Josh, take it away. Uh, as always. Uh, well, I, I was saving something a little bit in my pocket. Uh, another little secret I uh, discovered. You know how I like my secrets and mysteries and rumors. Um, this is uh, something from Mortal Kombat Four, which we will be playing very soon. Yep. Uh, is a secret character who's associated with uh, Liu Kang. Story-wise, it's somebody that Liu Kang... I know you got Kai in that game, who I believe trains yeah. Liu Kang, but I uh, think there was a secret side character that Liu Kang has been training, and the story is uh, is kind of controversial amongst the other monks for him to be training, because he's actually training uh, an animal in, in the art of, of martial arts. Uh, and it was a big lumbering gorilla. And it's kind of a joke character. But when he appears next to the Kang, because he's a student, even the gorilla is wearing a red headband. And they called him, his name, Donkey Kang. 
What? Or Liu Kong, if it were. <laughs> what? Donkey Kang. Donkey Kang, Yonky Dong. Spanky Kang. Combat time! Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!